Welcome to the Hunting Dog Public, where we talk about everything hunting dogs and more. I'm your host, Cody Moreland, and let's drop that tailgate. Today's word, Proverbs 18, verse 10. The name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Proverbs 18, 10. Hey guys, today's episode is brought to you by Timber Creek Dog Supply, our go-to for everything hunting dog related. Timber Creek has been in the dog supply business for 20 years and supports multiple tree and running dog organizations. Check them out at TimberCreekSupply.com or on Facebook at Timber Creek Dog Supply. We would also like to take this time to thank Mr. Jeff Island with the Ground Floor Landscape Supply for his support in the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. Thank you, Mr. Jeff. All right, guys, welcome to the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Moreland, and today we have Mr. Caleb Wilson on. Mr. Caleb, how are you? I'm well. I'm doing really well. Appreciate you um, having me on. Yes, sir. A dog man like yourself, we're honored to have you on. Mr. Caleb, why don't you tell a little about yourself and where you're from? All right. Um, so, Caleb Wilson. I'm from uh, Clover, South Carolina. Uh, Clover's a, a suburb of Charlotte. It's about 30 minutes from from downtown Charlotte. So, we're right on the North Carolina-South Carolina border. And um, I've been here. We moved here. Uh, when I was like five years old from Florida and we've, we've been here ever since. So it's always, uh, South Carolina is the only, the only place I've ever known. So it's kind of, um, I guess that's where home is, you know, and, and, uh, I've threatened to move a thousand times, but we just, we just can't seem to get away. I got you. So, so have you always dog hunted or hunted with a hound or did you just get into that? Uh, no. Yeah. So, so I grew up, uh, and, and dogs weren't really, um, you know, uh, back then it seemed like there was a lot more stray dogs where we lived at. There wasn't a lot of shelters and stuff. And, um, so at my house, you know, the dogs we had were the dogs that we found and, and I would try to hunt with those dogs. Um, and they were always, you know, I'm talking, you know, collies and stuff, you know, just whatever we found, I tried to make it into a dog. And, um, but I guess like my, what I thought I was hunting, you know, I always tell people is, um, I can remember being, being real little and those old TVs, you know, they're like in the wooden box, you know, we had, we had one of those. And, <laughs> yeah. and so and yeah. someone had gave, someone had, a uh, gave us, um, a, a VCR and, a, and had gave us some movies one time and, and we had the, the Reverend Groves movies. And I probably watched that movie, you know, uh, until the tape didn't work anymore. And, and I was pretty much sure that I was Billy Coleman. You know, I, I stayed outside and, and I, I played with, I'd find dead coons in the road and try to train these dogs to, to tree them. And, and, uh, I chopped trees down with hatchets thinking I was doing something, you know, just, I really wanted to, to have hunting dogs. I just, it wasn't something that we could really do. And, um, and I guess, and so, so when I was 10, we were down in Florida visiting my, um, my grandparents and that is when I, I got my first you know hunting dog it was a beagle we were at like they had a no-kill shelter and we went in there and there was this dog and uh he was like you know he's real 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 quiet and reserved but he was the only hound in there you know I, I wanted a hound you know I just he was the only thing there he was a beagle and I really didn't know 
because I didn't have anyone to, to, to take me, you know, hunting with dogs. I didn't really know the difference. And so I got that beagle and I brought him home. And my, my, my grandfather, he grew up in um, Eastern Kentucky. And so he was a, you know, coal miner, um, steel mill worker. And he grew up running, you know, foxhounds up there and, yeah. and, and, run, and running rabbit dogs in Eastern Kentucky. And so, uh, no, about the time I, we, we got that dog and we came up, they ended up moving up here. And, and so my grandpa would take me, uh, we'd run that beagle and he was actually a pretty good rabbit dog. Now I didn't know, I, I still don't know how a, how a rabbit dog field trial works, but he would, he would find a rabbit and he was so fast. He would catch, he would catch a lot of them um, well, and, and ca- catch them and kill them. You know, and my, my grandpa was like, man, he would, that's pretty, you know, most time they can't catch them, but he was pretty fast and he would catch these rabbits and, and, um, I mean, I probably rabbit hunted every afternoon. There was an old junkyard um, beside our house, like a um, old cars, like a car junkyard. Um, and, and the rabbits were all in that stuff, you know. And so I had an old uh, single barrel shotgun and we killed, me and that dog killed a lot of rabbits and treated a bunch of cats. And um, he was not a tree dog, you know, he was just a hound. And, yeah. um, but I guess <clears throat> when I really got into tree dogs, Cody was, um, uh, there was a guy uh, who worked for my dad. Um, my dad was a, um, he ran, my dad was a, was an automotive mechanic, but at this time he was, he was a manager at a, at a dealership and he um, had a mechanic and that mechanic had some coon dogs. And I, man, I begged, begged to go coon hunting, you know, and I, um, I was probably 11th, 12th grade. And so I started being, able to, you know, I was able to drive. And I mean, I, I would, I would go over to where this guy lived at and he let us deer hunt over there. Um, and so I would go deer hunting and I would come out of the woods, you know, at dark. And I was just hoping that they would ask me to go coon hunting with them. And finally, you know, they started letting me go with them some. And so that's where I got into, uh, and I just loved it, you know, and it was, you know, I grew up wanting to do it. Just, it was like the first time I was got introduced to it. And, um, Mike Carroll, who is Mike's a kind of a, a legend around here in coon dogs. Um, Mike has the slow talking line of dogs, but yes, before that, before that it was, um, you know, he was like a King's Creek line of dogs and Mike's done some podcasts. I mean, he's, he's pretty well known. Well, Mike sold me, um, I gathered up $300 and he sold me a female and this female was uh, a litter mate to, um, a dog that the whole slow talking line came off of. Um, she was a litter mate to, to one of those females and, the whole, the whole, um, litter was super nice. And this female was sort of, uh, she was funny built like her, she looked like kind of like a, like a low right, like her back end stood up taller than her front end. You know, it was like, she really was like, she was a little bit, de- a, kind of like a deformed, like her back end stood up too high. I don't, <laughs> I don't really know how to explain it. It looked like, you know, she was kind of like saddleback and back end stood up too high. And so some, some guys had the dog and they complained about it, you know, as it got older, they're like, Hey man, you know, she looks retarded. And so, but I, I mean, all I wanted was a dog that would treat a coon, you know? And yeah. Mike's like, man, Mike's like, she'll treat a coon, Caleb. You know, he said, and he, $300. And so I, I got the money together and I bought the dog and, and Mike loved young guys getting into coon hunting because, you know, at the time he had a store there. And, um, so if you got a young guy in the coon hunting, of course, you know, he would work and he'd buy light from Mike and buy leads and collars and dog boxes. And so, and I went down that road and I bought, you know, I worked and, uh, 
and I every you know I get paid on Friday and I, I think I spend my whole check at at Mike's on Saturday and and uh I didn't really have a I don't know what I, I mean it's kind of like today like I guess I thought if I had the nicest stuff my dog would be better but um you know and so I got all the stuff that you know all the stuff you wanted to coon hunt with and and Mike would let me go with them sometimes um but the problem was is Sue her name was Sue she wasn't really uh, I thought she was a great dog but she covered a lot you know and I didn't know that that wasn't something and i and honestly at, at that point this would have been like 1999 you know there was a lot of covering dogs in the hunts. There, i think it was more of a calling contest who could call yeah, the dog first right right and so and and the, and the thing about sue was is she um sue didn't have like like sambo is tight mouth on the ground but sue was like she didn't say a word until she treated and she didn't really have a locate she just came chopping and I, and I would, I could sh- strike her and treat. So I'd have to say like strike Sue, tree Sue, you know, and, uh, in the hunts. But anyway, I hunted this dog seven nights a week. I mean, I hunted and I turned and, you know, and it wasn't, I don't know. I didn't know anything about dog. Only thing I knew about training the dog was what I learned from watching that movie, you know, <laughs> where I learned the, you know, that, that's all, that's all I knew. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but, uh, Mike would show me how they kind of started some of their dogs. And, and, and so, I mean, I, this dog was, was three when I got her. So she was past the puppy training part, you know, and, uh, but, but still, you know, I just hunted her and I just kept hunting her. And, um, you know, what's funny is I guess if you put enough time into anything, it'll be decent. So she, she ended up being a pretty nice dog. And, um, and, and, and you know, and I ended up making her a night champion and that, that was probably, meant the most of anything i've won with dogs you know just when i was you know a, a teenager turned her into a night champion and and uh end up finishing her out but anyway that was like my first coon dog you know yeah and all right so so, so let, let, let's i don't want to gloss over this because everybody knows that at least 50 percent of your score is from how you look yeah <laughs> so if you don't yeah. look good you can't win. I don't, I don't think that's it's right. You gotta have, you gotta <laughs> have on all the, you gotta have the right stuff for sure. Yeah. You can't look bad and win. And, and number two is I will, I would love to know how many I, I've watched that movie a million times. I even, that's actually the first book I ever read might be the, one of the very few books <laughs> I've ever read front to back, but uh, no, I'm joking about that. But anyways, no. it's, it's uh, a great movie, and I don't know if you've heard this, but the Bear Grease podcast, they actually do like a big multi-podcast on that actual film and, and book. Really? No, I hadn't heard it. No, hadn't yeah, heard it it's pretty intriguing, uh, you know, how how it all came together. You might check it out, Bear Grease podcast. Yeah, I'll check, but, I'll check it out, yeah. That probably, so, I'm sure it influenced a lot of people. You know, oh, man, it, for it's, sure. it's so intriguing. But anyways, all right. So, so you started coon hunting. Coon hunting yeah. was a passion. Is it... it was until I got, um, so I, I got married. What well, I guess most people would say early. I, I got married at 19. Um, and well, I turned 20, right. When we got married. So, so my coon hunting, um, I had to sell, I sold all my stuff to pay. Um, we built a house, we built a small house. And at the time, um, early 2000, uh, you know, it was before uh, the crash in 08 and money was pretty easy to get. So, I mean, really, I was, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a 20 year old kid, 
with one with a with one piece of one line of credit history and was able to get a loan to build a house you know and so so i built it like we me and my wife we built a small house like a thousand square foot two bedroom house and um we had to furnish the house you know so yeah. so i ended up saying so like right when we were getting married uh mike he he um he he's done a lot for me he don't really probably know it you know but but he's done a lot for me and he he bought back um all my hunting supplies and my dog box, all my hunting supplies. And, and I sold the female to a, to a guy, to a coon hunter. And I, that's the money, you know, I, I had to kind of buy furniture with, cause you know, we didn't have anything, you know, it was kind of our, it's our first house, you know what I mean? And so, so I had to sell, I got rid of all my hunting dogs to, um, to, you know, to buy the stuff we needed for our house. You I know, bet that sure, was a rough day. <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't, not real. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's, it's life. Right. And so, and, and so it's, um, you know, dogs are, are, you know, the one thing that, you know, it seems like if you, if you, if you put some time into them, they're always worth something. I swear it doesn't matter how good or bad the economy has been. I, it, it, that was the first time I sold dogs to pay bills, but it ain't been the last, you know? Yeah. And so, <laughs> so there's always a, a market for a good dog if you're willing to sell it cheap and you know when you need the money you can get it and so so i sold out of coon hunt i sold out of my dogs and um and started you know started life you know went to work and and um and i got out and so i was out of dogs for probably um we I mean we got into 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 pit dogs for a while um my uncle was uh right at the beginning of the internet my uncle and me got into pit dogs and and uh we we were selling pit bulls all around this country. We were shipping them. Um, we were shipping them all over. I mean, it was actually pretty good. We did pretty good with it. And then we made the mistake of selling uh, dogs to people local. And and we were we were in it for the money. Like let me let me be clear. You know, we were we were raising pups and selling them. You know. Yeah. And, and and we well we didn't know anything about breeders' rights or restrictions or anything. And and we kind of flooded we. I'd say we sold as many blue pit bulls on the East coast as, as anybody ever thought of. And, and, uh, we, uh, pretty soon we, we ruined our business, but, or, you know, we, everyone was selling them for cheaper than us out of our yeah. bloodlines, you know? Oh, yeah. and so, and so that was a, that was a learning curve in, in business at, at 21, 22 years old. But anyway, I guess they, like getting back into hunting dogs, my daughter, um, so my, so that would have been like 2000 when that was two, I got married in 2003 and so I, I didn't go a long time uh 2006 and my daughter was born um and so i i wanted right before she was right before she was born um i just you know i'd, I'd been two years out of dog and I, it was killing me you know i really wanted a dog and so i had this old shotgun i had got for christmas one year and it was it was like a, a fake benelli some you know i got sold to yeah. the gun store it's like hey benelli makes this but it's an off brand well i traded it to a, a guy around here that sell a dog trader and uh found a dog on craigslist i went and traded it to him and i started hunting this dog kind of the same situation you know i hunted every night and turned into a pretty good dog um, but then when my daughter was born um it was hard for my wife's like hey this ain't really working you know we're newlyweds we've got um you know a new baby at home and we didn't really have a lot of childcare help. So, so she's like, we got to get out of this ain't going to work. You know, we got to find something else, you know? So that's where I got into the squirrel dogs was I started looking 
uh, I, I worked at this, um, like I was telling you before we started recording this, you know, I spent a lot of time working at car dealerships. And so I worked in these uh, dealerships and, you know, there's a lot of downtime. And so, and, and we always had to stay up until, until ridiculously late. And there was, nobody was coming in, you know, at, at, at eight o'clock at night in the winter when it's 20 degrees outside. So we would, um, I got into looking in the squirrel dogs and I found out about mountain curves. So uh, and, and in our area, I know like the South Carolina hunts now, there's, I mean, if you come to a South Carolina hunt, you better bring a dog because I mean, you, every hunt you go to, there's two or three Hall of Fame, two, at least two Hall of Fame dogs, three or four world champions. It's, it's, um, you know, when you come to one of our hunts now, there's some stout dogs, but at the time I really had never heard of an original mountain cur, uh, at all. I, I never heard of one, you know, and, and I'm seeing these like pictures online of it was it was Nick Clark, Donnie Clark, and those guys with the, the jukebox bread dogs yeah. out, out in Missouri. They had a couple websites, uh, Twin Pines Jam, and they had these they had some websites and they had they were just like I'm talking like three, four, five hundred coons on the side of these buildings and they're killing all these coons with these dogs and I'm like my God, you know, and they're killing squirrels in the daytime and I've always been kind of like to have something different than everybody else. And so I was like, I'm going to buy one of these cur dogs and go to hit PKC with them and, and win some, you know, just, yeah. I want to, if they're this good, I mean, and the, I mean, cause they're, I've seen a lot of slick train hounds, you know, I said, oh, man, yeah. if these things are that, are that good, I, I can win some money and, and not only win some money, but be doing it a little different than everybody else. And so, um, I got in touch with, uh, Tim Cope, Tim uh, runs the I hunt page, but before that he ran squirrel haters. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. If, I don't know if you were on squirrel haters, but, yeah. um, so he ran squirrel haters and he lives like about two hours from me, uh, about two hours North. And so I, he has some pups for sale and I called him and, and, uh, <clears throat> Tim is probably one of the first, um, honest people that I, uh, left an impression on me. I came across cause I called Tim and, he had these pups for sale and I was like, Hey, I want to buy a pup. And he said, well, man, he said, I've already told another guy that he could have it. Um, he's supposed to let me know in a day or two, if he don't let me know, I'll, I'll let you buy the pup. And I'm like, man, I'm like, I'll come right now and get it. He's like, he's like, I don't matter. That ain't, you know, he's like, I I already promised this guy. And it it may sound strange at 20 years old that you don't really don't run into that, but it's just reality of, you know, I just really never, uh, usually it's like if someone's willing to buy something, they'd sell it to you, you know, oh, yeah. and, 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 and because I hadn't had a lot of experience in the dog world, you know, other than, other than, you know, with the, the coon dogs and early, you know, I was telling you about. So, so anyway, so, so it works out. He calls me and he's like, Hey, you can come get this pup. So we drive up and get it. And, and, uh, it, it was a call. I'll just be honest. I mean, it was, uh, I sent it back to him to put in his pen. He told me, he, you know, he pretty much told me it needed to go you know? And so, um, so the first one was a dud, but, um, in that process, I, I swear I found, he introduced me to squirrel haters and I started meeting a lot of these other guys at squirrel hunt. And there's, and, and, and a lot of those guys like, uh, David Jeffries, um, Floyd Sanders, Wally McNulty, a lot of those guys lived in this area. Um, and so a guy named Clint Shelley lives down at the, near the beach for me. And I met all these guys, you know, through that website, and I, I told him I was looking for a dog. And so I ended up buying a dog um, that was off of the, it was a dog Nick Clark had. It had won 
a reserve world title back in 04. And um, Floyd Sanders had the dog. Um, and he had sold it to David Jeffries. And I bought it from David. But anyway, so I buy, that was my first old CBA dog. And I don't know, like, I don't remember um, who he was off of other than he was, he was jukebox bred, you know. Uh, yeah. But but he came out there, like I said, he came out there from Nick Clark. And Nick used to have a website. Um, he used to have a website um, a long, long time ago. I don't know if he still has one. Yeah, he might still have it. I'll, I'll see while I'm talking to you. But he used to have a website, and, and Donnie and them bred, like, Frenchie Bulldogs and Mountain Curs. Well, um, I bought Rip, and and uh, he was he was a gnawer. Like, he would chew really bad. And they had took his canine teeth out, and it didn't stop anything. And, I mean, he would he – would, he would, I don't think he'd ever get you minus in a hunt for – you know, shutting up for two minutes, but he would chew a tree in half before, you know, before you can wow. get there. I mean, he was terrible, even with his teeth pulled out. And, um, but I bought him and he was, um, he was a, I, I, the funny story is like the first night I got him, you know, and, and I, I really, I had never been squirrel hunting with dogs before. Still, I'd never been, you know, I had wanted to go, but like I said, the puppy was a cold. I didn't have anybody to take me. And so, I didn't know coon hunting. So I, I get the dog and uh, I, I go up to David's and we take him hunting that night and he, he makes two trees. They're, they're both slick, but I still, the way I've got, the way I am, Cody, is if I tell somebody I'm going to buy something, I buy it and it don't matter. Um, and I've got ripped off by some people. I bought a, a dog that had um, a bad ACL that was ripped out and was halfway blind from a guy. I showed up and I still paid for it. Um, I bought some, some duds, you know, well. but, but <laughs> to me, to me, um, if, if they're, you know, if they weren't honest about something that's on them, you know, um, I'm going to always keep, I'm always going to keep my word. If I say I'm going to buy something, I'm going to buy it. And, um, you know, and, and I know it's my own fault. Like you should go hunt a dog. You should see it hunt and you should buy it under the tree and all that. But I mean, I don't have time for all that. Even back then, I only have one day off, three days off a month, you know, at that point in time. So I got three days off a month. And um, so I didn't have time, to, you know, to go try a bunch of dogs. I wanted to go hunting when I had yeah. time. So so anyway, so um, I go up David's. He's like I said, he slick tree twice, but I, I still bought the dog. And I bring him home. And uh, it was it was funny. <clears throat> David had told me the dog was was really well mannered. And I will say, uh, I know Floyd don't mess with dogs. I don't think he really messes with dogs anymore, but I've never seen anyone, um, the dogs that he had and the dogs that I've seen from him, that other people bought had a better handle than anybody that I, I've ever seen put a handle on a dog. And, um, I got this dog out of the dog box and he wouldn't get off the tailgate and go hunting. And I'm like, I'm trying to get him to go. And he just keeps jumping on the tailgate. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with this dog? And so I call and they're like, oh, pat him on the head and he'll go hunting. So I pat him on the head and he jumps off the tailgate and he's gone, you know? <laughs> and so, so me and my, my wife was with me, you know, we're dying laughing, you know, cause he's like, he was trained like not to get off that tailgate until you told him to go, you know what I mean? And so, so I pat this sucker on the head. He runs off in there and he goes into about three, four hundreds and he comes tree and I walk down there. And if there's a big log across the creek. I go across, and he's got a coon sitting in this oak tree, and I shoot this coon out. And uh, 
they told me that if you told him to go to the truck, he would go. So he picks his coon up in his mouth, and I said, go to the truck, boy. And he takes off. And I didn't have a, a tracking collar or anything like that. I just – I had had one of them beep beeps. <laughs> but yeah. before I had one of them beep beeps, you know. Yeah. But I sold, I sold it whenever I got married, and I didn't have a tracking collar. Um, and so he – I get to the truck and I mean, this dog's nowhere to be found and, until I get to the truck. He's in the doll box with that coon sitting on the tailgate. He's in the box, put himself up. Man, you'd have bought a dream. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I couldn't believe it. You know what I mean? I, I absolutely could not believe it. And, and, you know, he was a pretty good coon dog. So, he was, so, so, so let me get this straight. Your first squirrel dog you've ever bought, or I guess your first cur dog. Yeah, cur dog. Your first cur dog. Now, did they, coon hunt it or did they squirrel hunt it yeah they they if uh those guys hunted both you know and i think now i think david and floyd squirrel hunted the dog a lot more but out out where he was from in missouri they they treat a lot of coons now, out there now is this a dog that had the reserve world champion yeah he had won a ukc reserve world title in um 04 now i didn't know that reserve meant second place at the time you know, I didn't know yeah. that. I thought I thought he won a world title. You know, um, I didn't know he was just the first loser. But, uh, <laughs> but, but I, so I thought I had a world champion. But you know, I had so a world so your first cur dog is a reserve world champion that you pat on the head. He won't get off the tailgate till you pat him on the head. And once you get out there at four hundred yards, he picks a coon up and you tell him to head to the truck, and he's in the box waiting on you. Yeah, and so I'm thinking, man, I'm like. <laughs> Why did I ever hunt a hound? You know, and, and and I've never seen a cur dog before too. You know, and and nobody around us hunted with them. So I'm like, man, I'm gonna go to these hunts, and I'm gonna everybody's gonna be talking about my dog. You know, um, and so then then I got into um, so I started squirrel hunting him in the daytime, and I mean he he really was he was a nice dog, and and I don't know, I mean he would um, he he would. I didn't have a second dog, so I don't know if he covered and stuff, but he was, I mean, he was a pretty good dog. You know, you didn't need a leash with him. You could let him out of the house and he was just like a, a house dog. You know, he'd stay in the yard. He listened really good. And, and I, and that's kind of where I fell in love with the cur dogs. You, you said know, versus, you bore awful high. Yeah, I guess I got lucky. <laughs> and, uh, and I had a, it was, it wasn't a lot of money. I think I paid $1,500 for the dog. Um, but even then, I think I had to, I know, I don't think I know, I know we had got a home equity line on our house to, to do some, do some things. And I had like $1,500 left and that's how I paid for the dog. And, uh, that was a dumb financial decision. I shouldn't have, you know, looking back, I should have never done that. Kids do never, not yeah, refinance yeah, that was your stupid. house to buy a dog. Yeah. Don't refinance your house and then waste. Yeah. That was ignorant, but I didn't know. I mean, I was, I was, no one ever taught me no different. No one ever taught me about finances. And and so I didn't, I just made a poor decision like a lot of people make, you know? And so, um, so I, yeah, I bought a, I bought that dog with a home equity line check, but, um, <laughs> I shouldn't have done that, but I did. And, and listen, I enjoyed that dog and my daughter. So at the time I was, uh, I was working in the car dealerships and I, I got, you got three days off a month. So the way it worked is like you would, we work the weekends, but you would get, um, I think my day off was a Wednesday and my daughter was, so this time she's like, you know, one and a half. Um, and, and I would take her with me and I've heard you talk about carrying your son or, uh, and, and yeah. I would take her with me 
and we would hunt. I had a little Toyota Tacoma, you know, it was a single cabin, and I was still hunting the same place I hunted then. And and she, uh, we kind of had trails through there, and I would just, you know, I'd just drive the truck around, and as he treed, I carried to the trees, and and uh, and he he was a he was a good dog for me. But once again, um, uh, 08, you know, 08 came, and uh, you know, we had that pretty bad economic downturn and and uh old rip got sold you know to, to pay to once again to, to pay bills so oh, yeah i got so he had to go um i got rid of him and a female i'd come across and this female um co uh a guy named cory heaton uh he lives around here he don't really i don't see him on the on the boards anymore but he was he was a camera dog guy and uh clint shelley i had this female and i sold her to clint and uh she was a like a brindle cur, but she had a tail. And back then you couldn't take, um, you know, she wouldn't know them CBA, but you could register them in NKC. So I, I had her NKC register, but there was no hunts around, you know, in our area for her. And that she was probably the most accurate dog that I've ever, that I've ever had. And I only paid like $500 for her and she was junk. I mean, she wouldn't come out of her dog house. Like whoever had her was pretty rough on her. And, and I mean, they, they were, they're really bad rough on her. And yeah. it took me about two weeks to just get her to come out of her dog house. And my, and my wife was like, you know, she's not right. That dog's, you know, she ain't right. And, but, uh, we had her and, but when you took her to the woods and cut her loose, it was like all that, all that, you know, mental issues that she had went away and boy, she could trace some squirrels. And I mean, she was I'd say she's the best pure squirrel dog I've ever owned. And I've, I've got some nice dogs and that people would say are nice dogs, but she was probably the best just squirrel dog. Now she, she probably, you know, she probably wouldn't have been like a great competition dog, you know, but she was, yep. a, she was, a, she was a real squirrel dog. And so anyway, I sold her and him, you know, once again to do that. And that would have been probably Cody, that would have been, um, probably about 09, 2009. And then I got out of dogs. Um, I didn't have another dog until about 2017. So that's kind of where all my squirrel hunting started. So, you so know. you took you about, what is that? Uh, that six year uh, break? About a, yeah. About a six, seven year break there. I, I just, uh, we had had, my son was born in 2011 and, um, and I was, I was focused on my career at the time, you know, in automotive. Yeah. Um, and I just, man, I, I knew 08 was, was rough on, on, on my family. Like it was a lot of people, 08, 09, 10, you know, so my son was born 11. I had took a job and I was, I was, it was a, it was a good 80 to 90 hour a week deal because I, I would, I had to be there at eight, but I worked finance. And so the way finance works at a car dealership is, you know, you're the last person there because you have to do the paperwork. So yeah. a lot of nights our store closed at nine o'clock and it was an hour from home. So I got home at 10 if no one was there, but most nights I was getting home at like, you know, one, two, three in the morning. And so, so having a dog wasn't really an option, you know, but, um, it was, it was just what I, you know, it was what I had to do. You know, it was just, that was, that was just what I had to do. You yeah. know, it paid, it paid, paid the bills and it, it gave us gave my family a, a decent style of life and so that was what i had to do so i didn't have any dogs but in 2017 um i decided uh i was pretty stable i had worked my way 
Uh, you know, I started out washing cars. I was telling you this beforehand, but just to kind of, I guess the people know kind of who I am or whatever, because you get all these opinions. But I started out washing cars at a, my dad, like I said, he was a mechanic. And I go in with him on Saturdays and clean the grease traps and the clean to wash the tool washers and stuff and the sand brake drums. And, and, uh, cause my mama worked. So my dad had, he had to take me and my sister to work with him, you know, and he could take us to the dealership. At, uh, he was a mechanic and I worked in that shop, you know, my whole childhood. And then when I was 12, they was able to give me a job washing cars. And so, um, that was like the legal working age in, in North Carolina at the time was 12. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> I started washing cars there and I washed cars there till I was through, through, you know, through school. And, um, I washed cars there and from like, I'll, in the summer I could work, you know, from like seven to five, they had some rules about how many hours, like, you know, kids could get, but, um, I had to be there no matter what. So I get there with my dad, he'd drive me up there and I'd work from, you know, seven to five. And then he dropped me off at this fish camp. I washed dishes there, um, from five to 10 or five to eight. And this, you know, depending on what night it was and he'd come back and pick me up. So I was even at 12, 13, you know, I was working a lot and, and, uh, my dad would, so they was, you know, one thing they did teach me was how to work, you know? Um, and so, so, so when I got, um, 16 i got to graduate high school at six, 17 and i got to keep working there and i got to um, start selling cars and so um and i worked my way from selling cars to to owning a uh, part of three car dealerships and so 2017 i was i was a partner of a ford store two ford stores and a toyota store and and i decided i was you know finally in the spot where i could do what i really liked which was was hunting you know was coon hunting again and uh I bought me two coon. I bought a coon dog and it was kind of a funny story is I, I got on, um, pro sport on pro hound. You know how they have the classifieds on pro hound. Uh-huh. And I found this dog and this guy, uh, he's a friend now. He's a real good friend, but 2017 and, uh, he, now he's all the time buying and selling dogs. Okay. He goes, he, he goes by uh greasy Creek kennels. His name's Stork Collette. And he, uh, He's a good, he's a good guy, but he does buy and sell a lot of dogs, but he's pretty honest about what they are. Well, he had a dog and it just happened to be out of the bloodline of the dogs that Mike Carroll had, you know, and it even had a sister, a littermate sister to my old dog, Sue. So I felt like this was, you know, like this was the right dog for me. And, um, I was going up there to get it and he called me and he said that another guy bought the dog. And I said, well, that's all right. I got on pro. I was already up in Tennessee. And I got on um, ProHound and happened to find another Walker dog up there for sale when I was already up there and had the money with me. And I bought, I went to this guy's house and bought that dog, got her papers, and she was off of another female that I that I grew up with that Mike had too. So I, it was kind of funny that I went to Tennessee to get two dogs that were bred, you know, right in my backyard. Well, on the <laughs> way, so I bought that dog and I'm coming home. And I get to the North Carolina, uh, Tennessee line and he calls me. He's like, Hey, this guy backed out. If you want this dog. And I was like, well, man, I just spent all the money buying this other dog, but yeah, I'll buy the dog. Uh, I have to mail you a check. And he was fine with that. So I went back to Tennessee and I met him. So I end up, I come home. My wife was kind of, she was, she didn't really care, but you know, she was like, I thought you went to get one dog and now you got two, <laughs> two coon dogs. And, and man, I, like I said, once again, I was ignorant. We, the when we hunted, we had pack hunting dogs. So I mean, I didn't think nothing about 
knowing these dogs are going to be independent and stuff. So them two taught me real quick. You know, I was walking. They was split every time they were cut, and they were they were both they were both what I would call a, a common man's coon dog. You know, they could go win a hunt. They both were night champions. Uh, you know, they could compete, but they weren't top tier. You, you know what I'm, if that makes sense? Yeah. You know, they, they just an, an average man's dog. You know, they were just average. They were, they could tree cones. You know, you could go out and have fun, but they, they weren't, um, they weren't Sambo, you know? And yeah. so, so, so I had them too. And, and I hunted them some, but now, I, I learned. Really, was you mainly pleasure hunting or was you mainly yeah. competition? Hunting? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't competition hunt. I just pleasure hunted. Okay. I, I didn't know. Uh, um, they had, York County has a hunt like we are, we have a, a, a PKC hunt once a month here, but I didn't really. It was on Friday nights, and I didn't have childcare on Friday nights, and so I didn't. I didn't really get to go to the hunts. I just, I really just wanted to take my son coon hunting, you know. And 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 whether he and my, and my oldest son, he's not. Uh, he's just not a. He loves animals. He don't want to kill the coons. He's not a big outdoors kid. He likes. Yeah. He likes tech stuff. You know, he likes flying drones and riding this four-wheeler and you know computer stuff and video games he's he's just i've tried but he just you know i, I offer it. to take him i'll take i offer him pretty much every day i'm like y'all want to go coon hunting y'all want to go squirrel hunting and my, my youngest son you know he'll go absolutely 100 percent every time but my but my like i said my 11 year old he just but i and i guess i wanted to try to impose that on him because i wanted to do it so bad when i was a teen a kid you know well, and, uh, that, and it's also easier house life if you're taking yeah. the kids with you. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. If I'm not leaving my wife, yeah. And I don't, and, uh, and I don't mind taking my kids at all. And, but we, he did go with me a couple nights, but, um, he just, he didn't really enjoy it, you know? So that's why I said, all right. So I sold them. And I guess this is where I really got into like the squirrel dog world and started my kennel name. And I started, you know what I mean? I started having some nice dogs. So, uh, all that to get to here, I guess, where people actually got to know who I was. Yeah. Um, I, um, so Cody, so I wanted to buy me another dog and I had, I, I was, uh, I had my own company now. I had started my own company. I had left the dealership and I was, I was doing pretty well. And I, and so, so I wanted to buy me a dog. And I, so, so the, I went back to the people I knew, you know, I, I called David Jeffries and I called, um, Floyd and, and, and they told me, they said, Hey, Wally McNulty has a dog. That's a nice dog. Um, and, and, and I had only told him I wanted a pleasure dog. I did not tell him I wanted a competition dog. I just wanted a pleasure dog. Um, because I didn't even know where I could, all I knew was Jamestown. You know, I didn't know about the USDC or NSD. I didn't know about any of that. I didn't know yeah. those things. I didn't know those things existed. It, it is you know? kind of funny. You know, if, if you're not looking for it, it's actually pretty hard to find. You know, yeah, I mean? it's kind of, it's under the radar. And I mean, I know you probably talk to people. And tell them like you do squirrel hunting, and they just look at you like. And I just tell people, well, it's kind of like field trials with, with bird dogs, but squirrels, you know, or because they just don't get it. They don't really know it exists. Yeah, most people thinking we're toting rifles around, and uh, you know, all the dogs are treed together. And I'm like, no, yeah. That's, that's... <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't get it. Now, I didn't know what a good dog was still because you know I had never been with her. I, the only squirrel dog I'd seen was the two I had. You know, I, I still have never, ever been with anybody else, you know, ever. Um, so, but they told me Wally had a nice dog and I didn't know anything about Wally other than he had, I knew that he was financially in, in a, in a pretty good spot. 
and and I knew he always had nice stuff, like you know, nice truck, nice house, nice boat. So I, I kind of figured he wouldn't have a trash dog, you know. Um, oh yeah. So so I, I bought a dog named Stroker from him, and uh, Stroker was a Hummer dog. He was off a of Hummer and 20kk. Um, so he was as bred as well for you know home CBA dog as you as you could ask for. Um, and so I didn't. I didn't go hunting with him. I just, I bought him on, on, uh, you know, Wally's. And in fact, Wally wasn't even there. He, I just went there and got the dog out of the kennel and the dog didn't weigh 30 pounds. I, I felt like he was pretty bad underweight. Um, and, and, and kind of a poor, you know, kind of in poor shape. Well, come to find out the dog never, ever would put on weight. So it wasn't that he wasn't getting well taken care of. He just was a poor, you know, he was just yeah. a dog that it didn't matter what I took him to the vet and, we put him on the vet, had me feeding him all kinds of different stuff. And I mean, that sucker would, he just looked like he was, he just looked like skin and bones, no matter what you did, you know? Well, I got him home and I cut him loose at my house here. And I don't really have, I only have like a, like 16 acres here and, it, and I'm in the middle of rapid growth. There's housing developments everywhere. And, you know, it is not a, a dog safe area to hunt. Yeah. And I have to drive about 45 minutes to hunt. Well, anyway, I cut him loose. He went in there like a like a walker hound. He blew off my, you know, he busted through the woods and got treed, had a squirrel, and I thought, man, this is a lot different than what I had before. You know, this is this is pretty good stuff. You know. Yeah. And so, so um, I bought him on like a on like a like a Friday, I think, or or a, a Friday or a Saturday, and I got him home, and I hadn't went hunting not a single time, and there was a uh, USDC, uh, state hunt, um, that Saturday. And, uh, I call it the bow dog classic now, cause the only dogs there at the South Carolina state hunt are usually like Tony Walters and, and, uh, and, uh, those guys. And it's like, and I, so I went down to this hunt and, and, uh, I never, Chris George hosted the hunt down in South Carolina and it was South Carolina state hunt. Well, how'd you hear just, about it? I'm curious. Oh, oh yeah. Um, how did I hear about it? Oh, I had been on, um, I had been on Facebook and, and, and I found the, the, um, USDC, uh, so, so you just well, got your squirrel dog and decided to start typing in anything squirrel. And- yeah. Anything squirrel. And I found all these and I, well, I think like David or um, Floyd, somebody told me like, hey, you should check out this um, NSD or you should check out, uh, you know, they told me the, they told me the Facebook pages that have the dog stuff on them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm with you. And so, so I joined all them and, and they told me about them. And so I, um, I drive down and, and uh, I'm, the, the clubhouse, the address don't match what was online and I found, uh, I don't remember how I looked up, but I found Greg Maynard's phone number and they said he was the president. So I called Greg at like six in the morning. He answered the phone and he's like, man, I don't know where the hell that place is at. You know, he's telling me he don't know. He ain't never been there. And, I'm, <laughs> and so he was, he was trying to help me. So I'm sure, I mean, now Greg's one of my very best friends now, but, but this is the first time I ever talked to him. You know what I mean? And so, so he's like, he, so he helps me out. He gets a hold of them. They tell me I'm on this old dirt road in the middle of nowhere, but I go on down the road about a mile and the clubhouse on the right. So when I get there, I, you'll know everybody that was there. Uh, but uh, anyway, Tony Walters was there. Uh, Jonathan Miller, uh, 
yeah, Jonathan uh, Mitchell was there. Chris George, um, Justin Presley was there, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm, I can't remember who else was there. But there was a couple, you know, it was all you know people that are actively in the hunting now. Yeah, you know, yes, yeah. still it, hunting it, now. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a big hunt though. I mean, there was there was a uh, five dogs there. That was it. No, it was the same weekend as the JPI, which once again I didn't know who Joey Poston was. I didn't even know what the JPI was till later in the day when they were telling me about it. You yeah. Know? Um. So anyway, so we go hunting, and uh, I I was uh, I won my first round. Uh, my dog treed. It was terrible cold. It was you know 14 degrees that morning, and he treed one squirrel that was up sunning, and nothing else treed anything. And I didn't, I didn't really know the rules or anything. I just knew, you know, when my dog barked, he was a one bark tree dog. I just treated him, you know. And so <laughs> I, I bet know, you had you know? some people upset out there. Yeah. So I, he barked one time. I treated him. He had a squirrel. And so I go on to the second round. Well, the second round was a two dog final, you know. And, uh, and Chris was the, Chris George was the, um, was the judge. Well, we cut the dogs loose. And I mean, Strucker went in there. It wasn't a minute. He come tree and we're walking in and I see the squirrel sitting in the tree. And, um, so I get plussed up right out of the gate. And the other dog was, um, the other dog, uh, was, you know, I got to recut Well, she was in there hitting around and stroker would had a, he had a problem with female hounds, you know, uh, he, he just loved them. Yeah. And I mean, if you drew all male dogs or all OMCBA dogs, he was fine, but he, he had a thing with these female hounds and this, this was a bow dog and, you know, so I had a big hard chopping mouth, you know, a big mm-hmm. loud dog. And so anyway, so, so, um, Stoker started covering, like following her around, but he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't do nothing that would be like interference. He just wouldn't get away from her. You know, he yeah. was just kind of like following, like she'd go to tree, he'd go over there and get up on the tree and, and, uh, this is bad, is, yeah, she couldn't handle it. You know what I mean? Yeah. She didn't, she knew she was going to get her, you know, she knew she wasn't supposed to do that, but she couldn't get away from him. So the guy, guy withdrew from the hunt. He was pretty upset. And, and, uh, I mean, I was trying to figure out why he was mad. You know, I'm like, I don't, you know, like, well, I, don't, like, I mean, I, I was like, I didn't know. I, I couldn't, I didn't know why he was pissed off, you know? Cause I'm like, man, your dog, I mean, why don't you just get treated? You know, like why, yeah. you know, how, you know, why is it my dog's fault that your dog can't get treated? You know, Hey, go down. Hey, go down today. If that happened to your female, what would you say? Mm. Hey, <laughs> I don't hunt a dog that won't get treated. Oh, I, I get that. I but get I mean, that. yeah, I would, I would be upset if I brought my young dog to a hunt. Something was covering it, and messing it up. Well, but I don't, I, I don't, I don't show up to a hunt with, with you a know, dog that uh, I'm gonna do that. I'm not much of a a, a me too packer, but yeah, the rules allow for it. So if 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 that's what happens, that's what happens. If, if you're going to go to a hunt, you better have a dog. I tell people all the time, I tell them this every year and I'm not an expert and I'm not, I'm, I'm not qualified as these other guys. Okay. I've, I've won my fair share and my dogs have done some winning, but, but you better, it don't matter how good them dogs are by yourself. You better hunt them with some dogs that cover. You better hunt them with some big mouth dogs. And you better find out, you know, if your dog can take that stuff, because if it can't, it's only going to win until it draws one of those dogs. So, you know, you may see a dog winning at a high level, but it's never drew a dog like Rocky, you know, that's going to test it in every way. And so, 
So, uh, but old Stroker ends up winning this hunt. So I'm, I'm my first hunt I ever went to. I win the South Carolina uh, state title, and I got, <laughs> <laughs> I got my Larry, I got my Larry Real safety vest and my pitcher took, and you know, and I'm like, man, this is not that hard. You know, this is gonna be a lot easier in coon hunting. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that sounds like, uh, it sounds like you got spoiled again on the first one. Yeah. Well, it got better. The next weekend there was an NKC state hunt here in uh, about an hour from the house so i said let's go over to this hunt well we end up winning that hunt too so in the first two weekends of owning this dog and he had never won a hunt before wally had carried him to town a good bit but you know he had he had never won a hunt he had won some casts but he never you know was the first two hunts i take him to i win the first two state title hunts i take him to you know <laughs> and so, so so uh so i think i you know i think i got something and i don't i just think i do and i get um, but because I won in South Carolina, I qualified for the USDC World Hunt. So, so I I, um, I got to go up there, uh, and and I and that's when I got to see what a, what a real dog was. So, so the only two hunts you hunted was those two, and then you went to the mm -hmm. the World Hunt. Yeah, because I, I qualified by winning yeah. a cast. At, so so in now, between that time, yeah, that's where I was going with that. Oh, anyway, in between that time, I bought another dog. So. I was, I decided I wanted to do this, but I, I knew what, my, I knew my dog shouldn't have been around the mother dogs, you know? Um, and I got told that real quick by everybody else. So I bought uh, a female dog, um, named Josie. She's a She was off of uh Johnny rocket. She's at the time she was a, 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 a top three, I'd say top three competition female. I mean, she, She's still a nice dog. Even last year, Tracy won, uh, at, uh, won the LMC. He got a reserve world title with her at the LMC hunt. He won. Um, she won the breed nationals last year, the LMC breed nationals hunt. She, um, I mean, she's won a lot. She's a nice. She got second at the JPI a couple of years ago against her and Cruz were in the finals, and she got second. Yeah. Um, Cruz, Cruz beat her. Um, so she, I mean, she's a real dog. You know, she's a she's a top dog. But she was bad out of shape, um, hadn't been hunted in a while. So I carried her and, and stroke her up that, to that USDC world hunt. And that's where I got to meet um, Greg for the first time. Uh, and I met, um, you know, I didn't really know anybody, you know. And that, I will say this about squirrel hunting is I, I didn't know anybody, but everyone that I met well, what kind of went out. I'd say they 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 didn't make me feel unwelcome if that makes sense yeah you know um no one was like oh there's a new guy who just bought these two dogs you know what's you know they were all everyone was made me feel included you know yeah um it is a lot different than the coon hunting i have seen oh that. yeah oh yeah coon hunting nobody would even you know they'd already been figured out they was gonna screw me when we got out there so <laughs> you know there's a, and, and look and now so i don't know nothing and i draw um I, I'm the only person gets a two dog cast. So I get a two dog cast and it's Brady, um, Brady Foster. He was hunting wild thing. Him and his uh, uncle had just got wild thing from Joey. And, and, uh, we went out there and we cut them dogs. Well, she pulled three or four barks and, and, uh, she was trying to settle in old stroker bark. One time I treated him, went in there and he had a, he got a squirrel, you know, so I was up a squirrel and, um, I kind of, she did that a few more times and, and I felt 
kind of bad about it. So I, I didn't train in, you yeah. know, um, cause I didn't want to just steal this. Now this, this is going to sound ridiculous coming from me and, and what I do with Rocky now, but I didn't want to steal his trees. I felt bad. Um, so I, I just wouldn't train, you know, and then I train, <laughs> I train, but, but, you know, Brady got, Brady's great. Brady is one of the nicest people I've, I've ever dealt with at hunts. And, uh, and we, we drew out in a world hunt last year. We were in the finals, me and him last year. And, and I was fortunate enough to win that hunt. But Brady is a, is a, Brady Foster is a, is a good, a good, I don't want to say kid. He's, 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 he's only probably 10 years younger than me, but he's a, he's a good young man. And, um, and he beat my brakes off. I mean, I think Wild Thing treed five or six squirrels. She was the highest tree and dog that, that day at the world hunt. And, uh, I saw right there what a, what a real dog was you know um and i realized what mine was you know when now, i got to hunt with a real dog now who hunted josie at that hunt uh mike powell or thunder but we had a um at the jackson uh kind of i one thing about me cody is i just say what it is so jackson and her got into uh before they even got to hunt, even to hunt um jackson and her got into it you know and uh yeah they and they had to break them up and she just wasn't right you know uh she she wasn't an aggressive dog and they got into a little bit of a fight and um jackson was young then you know and and i, I mean and it wasn't the, she wasn't the only dog that he had some run-ins with back then now all that's gone he's he's one of the best dogs there is on on the on the you know on the circuit but at the time they had that little run-in and so she just she josie's a real sensitive dog and she um, she just wasn't right, you know, so I didn't have any luck that day, yeah. you know? Um, and, and, uh, so I didn't have any, I didn't do any winning, you know, I lost my first round, but I bought another dog. Um, Greg had a dog they called panic attack that Greg had. And we were staying at the hotel and he put on, on the USDC thing. He said, you know, the, the truck's backing up, come get her. And I called him and I was like, man, you don't really want to sell your dog, do you? And he's like, hell yeah, I don't want this thing. He's like, you don't know me, but one thing you'll learn about Greg Maynard is when I'm done with something, I'm done with it. And I said, well, I was like, so I'm like, I was like, well, I mean, I figured I knew that he was at the time winning, you know, he was kind of the top guy. And I was like, I told my wife, I said, if, if I said, if he's was happy with this dog before she, and if you looked at the scorecard, she had treated like four squirrels that morning in the first round. I mean, she was pretty dominant in the oh. second round. She, she just had some issues. Well, um, so I bought that dog. I think I paid like 8,000 for her. So I had paid, I paid a lot. I think I paid like 40, 14, I think for Josie. So I had like, like, I don't know, 25, 30 grand in these three dogs, you know? And, wow. and I was, and I, I was, uh, and I felt, I mean, I felt good about what I had and it was the last time of the year. You know what I mean? So yep. I bought panic and I'm like, Hey, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go into next year and I'm going to be, I'm by myself. I don't have any hunts for me. And I got three dogs, you know, I don't, I didn't understand that part in my thinking, but I, I knew I'd figure all that out. You know what I mean? And so, so I was going to go into the next season and that would have been the 2000 and, uh, and, uh, 19 season. Okay? okay. So, so this is where I started doing some winning. So in April of 2019, um, so I just, so March, you know, I, I lost at the world hunt. I bought panic attack and in April, um, Rocky gets put for sale by John, 
um, John Perkins puts her, puts him up for sale. Yep. Well, I'm sitting, I'm sitting at home and I, I'm, you know, and I see this thing pop up and it said like, uh, you know, it had Rocky for sale. It said like, love him or hate him. You know, he'll get your picture taken. Um, well, here, here it is. It says Rocky for sale. If you've hunted NSD or USDC, he needs no introduction, love him or hate him. He'll put you in the winter circle. No doubt. He has one all over the country, North and South. NSD, he has over 3,601 multiple state titles, back-to-back NSD dog of the year. So I see it, and I'm like, man, he was the 2018 NSD – or 2017 or 18 NSD dog of the year. He won dog of the year. 2019, he won dog of the year. So he's won the only dog um, at the time that had won back-to-back or, you know, two NSD dog of the year titles. Hey, you know? I'm so intrigued with – the the mindset of I'm I'm gonna sell this top end dog thinking I'm gonna go buy another dog that <laughs> I, well, I cannot funny. wrap my head around that. It's funny you say that because that's uh, I'll tell you about that. So so I called John and I never talked to John. I never met him. Ever, you know I didn't know who he was. And I said, hey, I want to buy this dog. I'm gonna buy it. He said, okay. So I mean, he wasn't for sale for for two minutes when I bought him, and. And uh, I was excited, you know, because, I mean, they've got all these pictures of him with all this winning, and they've got – I mean, he's won two dog of the years. And and I didn't know enough to know, you know, any better. And so I called Greg. I text Greg, and I'm like, hey, man, I bought this Rocky dog. He's like, he's a piece of – you know, he's like, you need to kill him. He needs a bullet. <laughs> and I'm like, good Lord. And, uh, and I was like, that's kind of rough, you know. He's like, he's horrible. You need to kill him. And I'm like, oh. so I'm like, I said, oh man. So, so the only other person I really knew, like I knew any at all was like Tony Walter. So I text Tony and he's like, man, the first, first Creek you come to, you need to tie a uh, thing of bricks on his neck and drown him. And, uh, and I'm like, man, what have I done wasting my money on? You know? <laughs> so, yeah. So, cause, cause I never hunted with him. So I go up, to, uh, uh, they had a hunt in, in Bucyrus. Uh, and it was like a spring hunt, you know? So, so I go and I take panic up there and I'm like, I'm going to go hunt panic in this hunt and I'm going to pick. So I meet, um, I meet John on the way up there. I go to Owenton first before I go up to Ohio. And so I go to Owenton and I'm, and, uh, I get me a room and I, and I meet John and we go to turn Rocky loose a few times because they, I, he wanted me to see him. Well, I turn panic loose. She goes in there makes a tree and uh rocky goes past her and they both tree a squirrel and uh and he's more like what i grew up with, with hounds you know as far as like my coon hunting he was you know every bark tree dog wasn't no messing around yeah and i, I and i liked it well we recut them and he stole like three squirrels in a row from panic i mean she barked two or three times he'd come in there and, and blow up on the tree and she'd pack up and leave and I'm like, man, how would you beat this sucker? You know? And, uh, and John's like, well, that's why he's won so much. You know, he, he don't, he's not ill. He just, he's just a lot for stuff to handle, you know? And, uh, and I was like, heck yeah, man. And I knew everybody hated him. And at the time, so I go up to Bucyrus to take him up there with me and Greg's there. And, uh, like I said, we had just talked a little online. We weren't really friends yet. And he's like, what are you hunting? And I'm like, well, I got panic. And I was like, I'm going to, I got Rocky out there. He's like, well, hunt hunt rocky and i was like man i don't want y'all don't like him you know i was kind of embarrassed to hunt him and um and i didn't want to upset anybody and and so he's like no i just hunt him just hunt him so i got uh, a guy named jared maynard up there jared uh, used to hunt some well 
Well, Jared took panic and, and, uh, he handled her, you know, in that hunt for me. And I, I never met Jared before, but he, he seemed like a real nice guy. And Greg told me that they hunted together some. So he hunted panic and I hunted Rocky and I, I made a bad call because I never even heard Rocky other than that one day. I made a bad call and I lost the cast. But anyway, uh, point of the story is I met, uh, that's when I met Jared. And so I ended up just leaving panic with Jared and asked, and he was going to hunt for me, you know, and I never had anybody hunt for me before or anything like that. But, um, it kind of made sense. You know what I mean? Cause I had Josie yeah. and I felt like, I felt like Josie was a better dog than panic. And, um, you still so had know, Stroker at that time too. And I, yeah, I still had Stroker too, but I knew Stroker wasn't going to win at a high level, even though I'd won those first two hunts with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I knew, I knew what he was, you know, I knew he, he wasn't as good as if you're going to steal trees. And this is what uh, me and Scott talk about a lot. And me and Tyler, if you're going to steal trees, you need to be good at it. You know, you better, you better be there fast. Don't mess around, you know, taking 40 or taking 75 ain't no good. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to be a criminal, be a good one, you know? Yeah. Hey guys, we'd like to take this time to thank Precision Aluminum Fabrications for their support in sponsoring the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. They specialize in custom aluminum welding from custom dog boxes, aluminum water tanks, and aluminum toolboxes, which are all built to the customer's request. They guarantee the best price on the market while maintaining a top quality product. Precision Aluminum Fabrication is located in Amit, Louisiana, and you can contact them through their Facebook page at Precision Aluminum Fabrication or on their website at www.precisiondogbox.com. So if you are in need of a product or a service, please check them out. So, so I, let me ask this question. Yeah. In this time that you're doing this, which you said you made a bad call. We hadn't got over this hunt yet. So you don't have yeah. four. You, you just got four dogs. But yeah. During, got- during the meantime, when you had three, was you hunting all three or you? Was oh, this- yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I take all three hunting and I'd hunt them just like I still do this. Um, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, you know, a, a great dog trainer. I just, I hunt like I hunt every time I go hunting, I treat it like a cast. So I always hunt two or three dogs. Um, and I leave them treed and I go to them in order as a tree and I correct them as needed. But I don't think, um, I don't have started dogs. You know what I mean? I bought finished dogs. And so I don't need, they don't need singled out. They need hunted like they're going to be hunted in a competition hunt so my opinion i don't kill a lot of squirrels because you can't kill them in a hunt you know um and i only have a couple places i can hunt at so i don't want to kill all my squirrels anyway yeah um so i treat every hunt every time i go like i went today i hunted two dogs and treated it just like a hunt you know what i mean i run the time on my dogs every time they um every time they tree i mean i run three on them for barking i i, I treat it like when I'm anytime I'm pleasure hunting and Tracy hunts with me a good bit, uh, I treat it like a hunt, you know, and, uh, I kind of learned that from Greg because when, when Greg took me hunting, uh, they would treat, um, you know, like they ran stopwatches, they kept score, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah. Kind of like practice hunts. Yeah. Yeah. He said, Hey, if we're out here practicing, we're going to treat it like a hunt, you know? And so, um, we minus our dogs when we're hunting, if they make a mistake, you know, we, we kind of hold them to the same standard we would in a hunt. And I think that's important because then 
a hunt's not the first time you're trying to do all this stuff because you wouldn't believe how many times that uh, I go to a hunt and, and, and somebody draws me and Rocky and we and we beat them and they're like, well, my dog's never been around something like that. And I'm like, well, why would you spend five hundred dollars on an entry and you never you didn't have your dog prepared for that? You know? Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. So in twenty seven, you said you started buying dogs in twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah, twenty eighteen. And so you so you I bought had, them to pleasure hunt. Did you ever yeah. pleasure hunt, or did you just yeah? No, yeah, I, yeah, I bought them pleasure hunt. So I, I pleasure hunted, but I learned real quick that, you know, that like I said, I'm gonna treat it always like a competition. So I always took three dogs. You know, I was hunting Stroker, Josie, and Rocky, but um, because Jared had panic. Well, Rocky, uh, I mean, he's not fun to hunt. You know, just like in a hunt, nobody wants to draw him. You don't want to draw him. He ain't no fun to pleasure hunt either, because. He'll, if you hunt him by himself, he'll tree squirrels. Um, but if you're hunting him with other dogs, you know, he's going to cover some. He's going to make his own trees. But the sucker weighs, in shape, he weighs 83, 84 pounds. And he is, no one ever taught him how to walk on a leash. And he will drag you. I mean, I weigh 240 pounds, and I can barely hold on to the sucker, you know. And uh. he's smart enough. He knows when he's in a hunt, you can't hit him with a stick or nothing. You know what I mean? So he ain't he's he knows he knows he's not gonna get corrected for it when you get done hunting you know and the hunt's over and you pick a, a stick up he'll walk by your side but the whole cast he, he's gonna drag you around like an idiot because he knows you can't do nothing to him you gotta wrap that lead under his belly he don't care he'll break that he'll break his ribs for he quit uh <laughs> he, he uh so he so i bought so i bought rocky and this is where uh I'm getting to the point where the like the uh, my, the CMFW and everything started. So um, at this point in time, I didn't have like a kennel name or nothing like that. You know what I mean? Um, we always called uh, the dogs at my house Death Row because I one thing I don't do, Cody, is sell junk. If if it if I buy it, it, it you know if I sell a dog and there's a lot of people there's people that bought dogs from me. I do sell some dogs. Um, but it's it's I sell it for less than it's worth and it's and under described if that makes sense you know like yeah. I've never had someone call me and say hey man I bought this dog and it's not what you said you yeah. know because I don't have time to take people hunting so I need people to buy dogs on my word you know of what I say it is because I don't have time to take somebody that's just kicking tires hunting I don't I mean I just ain't got time for it you know and so so uh so I need them to be as described or better so. So I've sold some dogs. Well, but if they weren't any count, then they didn't, they didn't make it. You know, like I was telling you, I bought a dog with a bad ACL and it was had to have the eye surgery and stuff done. It, yep. it didn't make it. You know, it was, it didn't. Um, yeah. It don't it live at your house no more. Right. Yeah. They're not going to stay here. Uh, I mean, they're, and I'm not going to pass them off to somebody else because I don't have the heart to do what needs done, you know? Um, and so I always called it death road. Well, anyway, um, so I decided, so Rocky had won dog of the year. 2018 2019 in nsd and so i was like i'm gonna win it again you know what i mean i was like we're gonna get him three in a row if everybody hates him um i've always kind of been like i was telling you i like hunting different stuff and and i mean my whole life has been somewhat unorthodox and so i was like you know what i'll just i'm gonna make it work you know i'm gonna win again with this thing no matter what anybody says so i load him up and i go to owenton for the first hunt of the year they had a hunt in um they had a hunt up there in owenton and i took josie and rocky up there and that's when i met 
um, John didn't have nothing to hunt. So John said, if, he's like, if you bring him up here, I'll hunt him for you. And he said, and he said, I'll hunt him in the hunt for you. So I was like, okay. So I go up there and I told John, I was like, Hey man, if you win your cast, I'll give you a hundred dollars. This is like a $30 hunt. So even if he wanted to hunt, he wouldn't go in, you know, hundred dollars. So yeah. uh, I just, I just wanted to win, you know? And I told him, I was like, I'll give you a hundred dollars. So John, I don't know who he drew, but anyway, I won my cast with Josie. I drew um, Gary Smith and cash. And I'm not sure. I don't remember who the other dog was, but I drew Gary Smith and cash and Josie won her cast. We come back and Josie won, Rocky won, and Scott Renfro was hunting a dog named Lady. And um, Scott won his cast. So so I never met Scott before. So we go out to hunt the finals, and we cut the dogs loose. And Lady's down there opening a few times. Rocky locates John Treasing, and Scott starts laughing. And John's like, hey, it ain't so fun when you're on the other side of it. Because Scott had just won the dog of the year with Rocky you know, in 2019, you yeah. know, and, and you could read at the time, like Kenneth McBride had gotten to hunt, was hunting at the time and he wanted to kill Rocky and he had offered to buy him and kill him. And, and there was all kinds of just, everyone hated him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I, you know, I didn't really know why, cause I hadn't seen it. Well, anyway, so, so John ends up, Rocky ends up treating a squirrel and it was hot that day, Cody, it was 90 degrees. I was give out. My dog was stuck on a, it was midday and OMCBA dogs that are real squirrel dogs at midday against two walker hounds. You know, I was beat before I turned loose and didn't even know it, you know? And, and so Rocky wins that cast, but he never stops. And, and that, so I met Scott and Scott's like, Hey, um, I asked him about hunting the dog for me. Cause he said, he's like, man, I don't know why we sold this dog. He's like, we don't have nothing to hunt. And I was like, well, why don't you hunt him for me? And I'll hunt Josie. And I had Jared hunting panic. And I was like, and that's what we'll do for the year. You know what I mean? So I was like, hey, I'll get a spot to all the hunts. And um, and I had a I, – I feel like I wasn't doing this for the money, Cody. I had a good deal with my guys. Um, we split everything 75-25. So um, if, if I paid $500 hunt and they won, I only took 25% of the money. Yeah. So wow. most people were on like a 50-50 deal, I guess. I don't count other people's money, but yeah. I think, you know, that was kind of the norm. Well, I did like 75, 25 because I, all I wanted is the dog to be hunting. I didn't care about, you know, winning money at the hunts. Yeah, it'd be great or whatever, but it was, it was not, um, something that I was trying to achieve. What I wanted to do was win dog of the year. You know what I mean? Like I just wanted my dogs to be, I wanted my dogs to win when yeah. we went to hunts. So, so, uh, that year Rocky ended up winning, um, he ended up winning that year. Let me look here. He won um, reserve. So he was the reserve dog of the year in USDC that year. Um, that year, Greg won USDC with Image. Image was in the finals of every single ground floor hunt and the Joey Poston, but he never won any of them. He was just always in the finals. And Rocky won the ground floor hunt at Owenton that year. He won the ground floor hunt at North Carolina that year, and he won like a nine dog at Jamestown. So Rocky was the reserve dog of the year, um, even though he had had two firsts and Image had had no first, but Image had been in the finals. You know what I mean by yeah, point? Yeah, Image won. So Rocky won me um, like thirty grand that year. You know, and so because he also won um, 
NSD, he got second at nationals. He was reserve national champion that year. And he was second in the Hounds point race and third overall dog of the year. He got um, him and Razor, the um, the Razor dog. I don't know if you remember him or not. Yep. He's still alive. Yeah, well, Razor and him got into a fight at Tennessee. And at the time, Nationals was for the side-by-side. And we didn't want to risk him getting in, like another altercation and not being able to hunt for the side-by-side. So we ended up having to pull Rocky out of like five or six hunts. And that's why we ended up getting third place dog of the year and didn't win the, cause he would have won dog of the year if he'd have been in the mother five hunts, you know, but we had to pull him out cause we didn't want to lose a chance to win that side by side. Yeah. Well, that's a, uh, Ooh. So it kind of sucked because he really could have finished. He could have got like this three dog of the years, you know, in a row. And uh, we still like, so we finished second in the points race, um, for the hounds third overall in the points race and then like i said usdc we won um we got uh two ground floor hunt wins one uh like nine dog win that was the first year of doing like the the nine dog thousand dollar deals and we won um you know so we i that was a great to me that was a great season you know what i mean like most people will be pretty happy with two ground floor hunt wins um (laughs) And, and, you know, sure. and, and all the stuff he did. So Rocky, so my other dogs, you know, panic, just, man, she couldn't win a cast and, and Josie won some casts, but I, man, and I, I mean, she did pretty good. I got the finals, the first ground four hundred of the year. And this is where I, I tell you, this is where the whole CMFW deal and everything kind of came about. And, uh, this will probably, uh, I'm just going to tell the story. You know what I mean, Cody? I'm going to tell you the story. Bring and, it. Uh, I'll leave the profanity out of it, but I'll, I'll tell you the story. All right. um, so, so the first ground floor hunt of the year was in um, Mount Orb, Ohio. So I go up there with Josie, and uh, and uh, and like I said, I owned Rocky, and I and we go to this ground floor hunt. Well, in the first round, Rocky uh, treat a coon, and he don't he don't Rocky don't never take. I mean, I can't remember him taking one or two minuses since I've owned him. But anyway, he took a minus that morning and had like 625 circle and a minus and treated coon. Well, and, but Josie won her, her first round. Um, and we get in the second round in the afternoon. Now I do not know, except my extent of knowing John and, and, and Scott was we met and, you know, in September and he had my dog and we, um, but we weren't like a team or nothing. You know what I mean? Yep. And so you had like team extreme and you had, a you had, a the OBX guys, you know what I mean? And, 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 and I, and that was kind of like the two teams, you know? And so, and then you had the, 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 the Perkins group, which was like Michael, Josh and John that kind of all hunted and Scott, they kind of all hunted together, yep. you know? Well, Scott was hunting for me, hunting Rocky. And anyway, so the first we get back and we're going on the second round. And, um, we had, uh, some board, some people that, that were, that were going to stay and judge. Well, they all just left. Okay. And, uh, and Greg was trying to find judges cause you know, the ground floor hunts, you're supposed to have a non-hunting judge in those, in those second rounds, you yeah. know? So John, he got John to judge. So, so we go out, man, and we cut the dogs. It was, it was um, it was, uh, outlaw and, uh, Skeeter and Josie. Okay. Well, so pretty stacked camps. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, uh, so we cut the dogs loose and, um, 
Outlaw goes over the hill, pulls a bark or two. He gets treed in, and uh, he shuts up, takes a minus, like the first two minutes of the hunt, you know. And this is the year in USDC where um, you had to go – your dog had to stay as long as – you know, like it had to stay as long as it stayed, you know, you couldn't go to it. You couldn't go to it and tie it up. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh-huh. So, so, um, anyway, there's nothing moving. It's midday. It's cold. Uh, Skeeter gets treated deep. No outlaw gets treated again deep. And, uh, we get in there. He don't have, he don't, he gets circled up and the Skeeter gets treated behind us. And she has, um, uh, she has a squirrel. Well, when we get to Skeeter, Josie's on my Garmin showing like 0.93, like right at a mile away, you know, but it's at Mount Orb and it's flat and I can hear a trend. And, uh, I asked the judge to take my call and, and he was like, man, he's like, I hear a dog, but I also showed him my Garmin. You know what I mean? Cause I was like, Hey, look, she's 0.93. Yeah. Stupid. I mean, that's a dumb handling move. You know, you shouldn't show the judge your Garmin, but I was, uh, I showed him my Garmin. I told him he's in their tree and, uh, another guy on the cast, uh, could hear the dog, you know? And, uh, and, uh, there was a couple people on the cast, uh, that were on the OBX team. I didn't have, I was just by myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, outlaw takes another minus and, and, uh, Josie's in her treat. So, so Skeeter had a squirrel. So Josie had to have that squirrel. You know what I mean? So we walk in there and by the time we get there, there's about 10 minutes in the hunt left. So we get in there. My search time starts. John says he's got the squirrel. Uh, and, and, the, and the other guys in the cast, they're saying they don't see it. You know what I mean? And I'm like, they get it's right there. yeah, well, they're like, they saying they don't see it. And I'm like, it's right there. And John's like, I got the squirrel and, and they're all, everybody's starting to argue. And I, I just didn't want to get ran over. You know what I mean? So I'm arguing back and I don't know at the time that it's probably, you know, I've learned since then how to handle uh, myself in the cast, but um, I was arguing back and, and John's like, Hey dude, he's like, you can either leash your dog up and start walking your 30 or stand here and argue and get minus, you know, for not cutting your dog loose. I've already scored the tree. This, this, the squirrel's plus. Okay. Yeah. So so we go and uh, we go off that tree and, and I cut Josie. Well, um, guy hunting, um, Skeeter's trying to get to her. You know what I mean? But he's walking right over top of Josie. And I'm like, dude, man, can you just slow down? Like you're, you're, you're pushing my dog, you know, like you're walking right on top of her, but he needed to get his dog treated in because, you know, we're tied. You know what I mean? We both got, yep. we both got a squirrel. Well, uh, we're, you know, it's kind of tense. There's five minutes left in the hunt. Well, he, he steps on a, on a limb and a, on a log and a squirrel runs out and Josie sees it. She sight chases the squirrel and runs up in a, in a den. And, um, I let her bark for three minutes cause I'm trying to kill all the time in the hunt. All I need her to do is get circled up. You know what I mean? Um, oh yeah. So, so I let her tree three minutes. I tree her in, I go to handle her and all I got to do is make sure he don't hear his dog. So I start beating on this tree. And I start, Cody, I start singing this squirrel. I'm like, hey, squirrel, come on out, squirrel. <laughs> and I mean, I'm just yelling it. I mean, I'm yelling at the top of my lungs, okay? Because I just don't want him to hear his dog. And oh, yeah. uh, it's not good. It, listen, hindsight, it's not great sportsmanship, but I did it. You know what I mean? Well, and, uh, and, and, and hey, listen, at this point, weren't none of us being good sportsmen, okay? I'll just tell you. Like, it had got to the point where wasn't nobody being a good sportsman at this point. <laughs> So, I mean, I'm, I'm hollering and singing to the squirrel. I am. And I mean, and he, and, and he's like, the guy's like, Hey man, can he do that? And the judge is like, well, there ain't no rule against it. You know? 
Um, and there, and you know, I, NSD just put a rule in about that, that you couldn't make a bunch of noises and stuff, you know? Um, and they took it back out, but they, but, but they had it, you know, had a rule in there this year, but anyway, so I'm singing this squirrel. You can't hear it. Well, you know, I get time runs out. I win the hunt, you know? And so, so I go back, I'm excited. You know what I mean? I'm in the finals, my first ground floor hunt. Oh, yeah. And, um, I get back to the clubhouse and I walk in to the clubhouse and just, you know, to turn my card in and, and, uh, Jeff Island's up there and Jeff, um, is telling me and, uh, is Marty telling me and Marty, thank you for sponsoring and all this. And man, all of a sudden it turns into, uh, I'm a cheater. John's on my payroll and John cheated by plusing this squirrel. And I mean, and I really don't, I'm telling you, like, I didn't have a relationship with John at all. You know, like I didn't. And, and, and look, I, all I did was what the judge said, you know, so they get in this pretty big blow. To, I mean, it was pretty ugly. You know what I mean? People threatening to fight each other and stuff. And I, I just left, you know, I told my wife, it's like, Hey, we don't need to be like, this is nonsense. Let's just go. So we left, you know what I mean? So Greg calls me and he's like, Hey man, he's like, um, you're not going to hear this, but the guy you beat's going to have to judge in the morning. And I'm like, what? I mean, you know what I mean? So imagine that, you know, you finally, you make it to the finals of your first ground floor hunt. The guy, you just had a giant altercation with the judge the next day, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's not so, ideal. No, no, not ideal at all. So, so we go out to hunt and, and I, and I, and uh, I'll say this, um, a uh, young man did a great job. Okay. He was honest and fair. He didn't let it bother him. And he didn't, you know, he was, he was a stand up young man and did a good job. Okay. Um, and, and so, um, my dog, it was that new rule. She got treated in there and, and, a lady got a, a, a walk, like a passer, a lady was out there on this walk trail. We were having this hunt at like a park and a, a lady pulled my dog off a tree. I took a minus you know, for her shutting up. You know what I mean? And mm. then she let her, let her back on. And there was nothing you could do about it. You couldn't tell it was interference. You know, there's no, there's nothing, there's nothing you could do. It's just a bad break. Right. Yeah. And, and I had to hunt one because, uh, image, it took a minus and, um, and, uh, and I'd already treated a squirrel, you know what I mean? And I just, but that minus, uh, was the old set of rules where the minus was the first tiebreaker. And now in USDC, USDC was like NSD at the time with the, the tiebreaker, yeah. you know? And so anyway, I lost the hunt guy that beat me was a great guy. Uh, whatever. I didn't, you know, it is what it is. Right. So I ended up, so I ended up losing my first hunt, but I was so upset of being accused of like cheating and stuff, you know, but I called, um, John and I was like, Hey man, I was like, if everybody's going to accuse me of being a, a cheater and, and us cheating and being on the same team, then let's just be on the same team. You know what I mean? I was like, if everybody's going to say we are anyway, because Scott's hunting for me, so me and John and Michael and Scott and Josh teamed up. So we had like six entries for every hunt. So it was Joshua Pearl. Michael was hunting XL at the time. Um, John was hunting Cruz and, uh, and, um, we had Rocky and Josie and, uh, and, and panic still. So, so I felt like, you know, we, I mean, when you got Woody on your team and Pearl and Cruz, you got a pretty good team. A uh, real you good know team. What I mean? uh, yeah. A pretty so, solid team. Yeah. So you got a pretty solid team. And so we, man, we had a great year. We won a lot. Um, we had a great time. We got a cabin. Um, I made sure for every hunt that we had a nice cabin that we all could stay in and, or a house. And we had a good dinner and man, we had fun. You know what I mean? Like we had a, 
a really fun year. Um, uh, financially, it don't make sense to buy six entries to every hunt. You know what I mean? Oh. It's kind of <laughs> yeah. you, and yeah. especially on a 75, 25 split, you could never get your money back, you know? Um, but I didn't care. You know, we had a great time, you know, we had fun and that, and I was in it, like I said, I was in it for my dogs to win the titles, the dogs to get recognition and to have fun. I wasn't there to, for the money. Um, so anyway, so, so Cody, that was that, that season was, you know, like I said, we did a lot of winning and that's how my, so the, uh, the, the, uh, the CMFW deal. So I was like, well, we got to have some hats and stuff. You know what I mean? Um, so oh, yeah. I had got, so I, my, obviously my name's Caleb Wilson and my initials are CW. So I'm like, well, I'm going to just call it CW kennels because that would, you know, cast winners or, or Caleb Wilson. It just kind of matched my initials. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh-huh. And so, so I, um, I got my a girl that works for me. She made me some logos and you know, I'm all, once again, like I'm all excited about it. I put it online and dude, I get attacked immediately. I mean, it's just like, you're, you know, you're, you know, piece of, you know, whatever you stole this guy's kennel name and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, I thought this guy was on team shrimp burger. I didn't know they even had a kennel name. You know, I thought it was cause it was a, uh, it was Isaac. And I didn't know that Isaac used to be called CW kennels. I mean, how would, how would a man know who has never been in squirrel hunting? You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, how, oh, yeah. how would you know? I mean, how would you know? You know what I mean? So I'm getting, I, I'm getting, you know, I'm already, I'm getting attacked by all these people. I'm, you know, all this, so I mean, I'm talking about some ugly stuff that I had to delete the post because I would I would be embarrassed for my you know my mom and dad to see the stuff on there. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh yeah. Um, you know, just not what not good for the sport or nothing. So so I was like, so I was pissed off. You know what I mean? And I was like, I was telling Greg, I was like, so I called the girl that works for me. I said, hey, put an MF in the middle of that CW and uh, make me a new logo. <laughs> hey, do you care to say what the MF stands for, or is that something well, we don't need on here? I would say since we start this out with a prayer, we probably shouldn't put it on there. <laughs> okay. Um, but, but I will tell you, it's, uh, I have a, um, you know, you and I were talking a good bit before we started and I, and, um, that's always kind of been a nickname. And, and so I had a, um, LLC that we called cash management for wealth LLC. And it was a cash management account that everything's like a holding company. And, uh, and, and I still have the, that cash management account. And, and so really on my federal taxes, it stands for cash management for wealth. Okay. Kennels LLC. And, and it's, uh, and if you're a squirrel hunter and you're, you're losing money, squirrel hunting, you need to, you need to figure it out because every single dime, every entry fee, everything, you know, is a write-off. And so, yeah. um, and so, so, I mean, if you're not doing it the right way, then, you should look into it. So anyway, um, so yeah, so, but I mean, I'm not going to pretend like the MF don't mean what it means. So, um, it has multiple was, meanings. This is yeah, it right. has multiple meanings, but in, in reality, well, that's what it means. So you can call them <laughs> cast MF and winners or, or, uh, Caleb MF and Wilson kennels, but, um, I, I really, you know, I would say cast MF and winners. So, um, <laughs> and, and that's, uh, and that, you know, and I don't care, you know what I mean? Cause here's the funny thing about it. It was so funny, man, Cody, when I did that, okay you people were like i don't want that on a scorecard and it's the same people that was telling me you know i'm a, you, know, you know cussing me out you know oh, what yeah. i mean it yeah. was just like they had this superior this superiority complex of it's you know it's, it's in their daily language and vernacular but they're not going to say it they don't want it on a scorecard or they don't want it on the back of a t-shirt you know what i mean uh, and i'm like 
it's crazy. I was like, you use the same language every day, but you put it in print and all of a sudden you're, it's the best, you're a bad guy, you know? Um, I, I so, understand a hundred percent. I do work on the railroad. I'm not so going to sit here. Of it. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and say that, uh, I'm not proud of the way that sometimes it comes out of my mouth, but you know, it, it happens. So well, Steve Harvey says, um, Steve Harvey says that his, his people ask him how his walk with God is. And he says, it's good. He said, but I walk with a limp, you know, he's like, my walk's got a limp in it. He said, because I just decided a long time ago that, you know, um, I'm a, I, and I listen, I'm, I am a, a professing Christian and, and, uh, but I, my mouth, you know, there are things, you know, there's times where, where that, where I don't choose the best words, you know? And so, um, but that's, that's, there's a lot of things I don't do as well. You know what I mean? Well, so, everybody, so, everybody sins, you know. It, that's it, right. Everybody. And and so, so we ain't casting I mean, stones. So that's right. Yeah. So anyway, it was funny though. I got a lot thrown at me, but I didn't care because you know what? We were winning. And so, so when we won that, um, so we became CMFW and then we started, you know, we were winning these hunts. And then when Rocky won at North Carolina, we had, um, image was in the finals again and a showgirl and Rocky trade, um, two of his own squirrels and two, two or three circle trees. And that's when he, when I got him that gold chain, I told Greg earlier in the week, I'm like, this sucker wins his hunt this weekend. I'm going to put this gold chain on him. So that's why he, where he got that big gold chain he wears and we've never took it off of him. So <laughs> we, we, uh, so that was 2019. And then, um, uh, and I'll tell you, so, so Rocky became, you know, uh, important to me you know uh he he was i i mean you people say they see their self and like you know uh michael will tell you that he sees he think he talks about seeing his dad and woody well you know rocky is you know is uh, you know he's an outcast um he does things he makes money or he wins by doing things that maybe other people wouldn't could say is orthodox or wouldn't be the way people would tell you how to do it and so i was like a lot of myself and, and that sucker and so um, you know, and, and so he, uh, I really cared about the dog and I was like, you know what, man, I'm just going to keep pushing this sucker. So, um, we ended up buying the Rex dog, uh, over the summer we bought Rex, um, and Rex has won a lot for us. I mean, he's done real good the last two weekends, you know, he's been in the finals the last two weekends, but, um, that's when I bought Sambo. So Greg called me and said, Hey, I'm selling Sambo. He's like, do you want to buy him? And I was like, Hey, is he, is he a good dog? And he's like, yeah, man, he's, he's a real coon dog. Now that shows you how stupid I am. I mean, I didn't even know who Sambo was and he had been, <laughs> he was from, he was from South Robbie lived in South Carolina. You know what I mean? And oh, yeah. he, he had won that UKC hunt and had all that drama and, and all that. So, but Greg's like, yeah, man, he's a real dog. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'll buy him. So I bought Sam and, and, uh, and, and, uh, Greg was going to hunt him for me some, you know, and some hunts and we hunted some hunts and we won some hunts. Well, but the whole reason I bought Sam was to try to get my son to, to coon hunt. You know what I mean? Cause, cause, uh, my wife, she, she likes coon hunting, but she don't really care much for squirrel hunting. She says it's too much walking, but she would like, you know, they would go coon hunting with me on a, a nice cool night, go turn dog with. So I bought Sambo just to pleasure hunt. Just, I mean, I had no intentions unless Greg wanted to take him to a hunt. Like I just bought Sambo to, to pleasure hunt. And, um, when I bought him, he was, uh, he had about 20, he had won like 60 grand in CHKC. He had like 20 gram one. 
in PKC. He was already a platinum champion then. Um, and so, and he had won, you know, he won the super stakes. He had won all that stuff. So yeah. Robbie did a podcast a while back <clears throat> about, I don't know if you heard it or not, but anyway, um, Robbie was talking about the, the truth about that hunt and everything. And he told yep. everybody what happened. Well, well, I got Sam and, you know, I never asked Robbie, never asked him. I found out what happened to that hunt when everybody else did on that podcast. Um, because to me, um, you're not, uh, you know, I tell people like, you're not your past, you're who you are right now. And, and so to me, I didn't care what had happened. You know what? I'm, I just yeah. didn't care. Um, because I tell him, I'm like, Hey, um, uh, you know, I, I just told Robbie, I, I mean, I, I didn't care what he had done. You know, it just didn't matter to me. And, uh, because it wasn't who he is now and, and I didn't know him then. And, um, so I just didn't, I just didn't care. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, <clears throat> one thing I learned from Robbie was, I mean, I really struggled at this time. I was really struggling Cody with, with, uh, getting into like confrontations and hunts, um, worrying about what other people were thinking at the hunts. And Robbie told me, he's like, Hey, look, man, other people's opinion of you have nothing to do with you. You know, it's none of your business. Um, and he told me, he said, Caleb, if you worry, uh, don't ever ask, don't ever worry about the opinion of people you wouldn't ask advice from. Um, and, and that's something Robbie told me. I don't know where he got it from, but you know, that is a, yes. that's a powerful, powerful it's, quote. It's extremely, know? it's a very strong quote. And, and Robbie told me that. And to me, the money I spent for Sambo and all that, 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 relationship with Robbie and that life lesson, you know, that he, that he told me that day and Robbie's younger than me. Um, and he, he, he shared that wisdom with me about dogs cause he had been handling dogs for a long time, but just in life in general, you know, um, him teaching me that <clears throat> really helped me a lot because I just decided, you know, look, people may hate my dog and people may not like me, but it's not, I don't care. Like I'm not going to go into a hunt worried about what people are going to say about me or about my dog. Yeah. And, well, and, I, and I think that we get caught up in what we see on the internet and we oh, already yeah, have you know, prejudged, uh, you know, we, we judge people off of something that we actually don't even know the context of what's being said. You know, that's the oh, problem yeah. with text or that's Facebook right. or everything else. I could say something and be grinning to my buddy and it's an inside joke and somebody take it the wrong way. And they're like, well, he's a butthole. He's doing this or that. And that's right. Um, the, the stat on that is that only 3% of communication is the words themselves, Cody. It's, it's body language and inflection that, cause you could ask me, you know, a question and I say, yes. And, and, and it can mean, yes, I'm mad at you. Yes. I'm pissed off. You know, it could mean like if your wife asks you something, you write back or if you say, Hey, you want to go do something? She's like, yeah. I mean, you don't know if she's, you don't know if she's upset. You don't know anything. And so without having met someone, talked to someone, seeing how they're communicating, you know, those scorecards and stuff, they don't, they don't tell the whole story, you know? And, yeah. um, and there's a lot of casts I've been in where a dog did some stupid stuff and they said, Hey, just I'll withdraw. Just don't put that down. Don't put no minuses down. Or, you know, everyone's so worried about that scorecard getting posted and someone seeing, you know, what their dog did. And it's, um, you know, it's, uh, you're not going to be a top, my opinion is you're never going to be a top winning handler if, if you're, if you're letting those things bother you, 
you know? And so like, that's the thing about like Rocky is you can't, if you're going to hunt Rocky, like there's a reason why everybody thinks it's just so easy to hunt him. But the reason the only people that have ever hunted the dog and won with him are Scott and me and, and, um, the young boy that had him before is because you can't like Tracy is my best friend, but Tracy can't hunt Rocky because Tracy's too nice. You know, he's not gonna, he's just too nice. You know, he's going to feel he, he's just, he's not going to handle him at the level at what you have to do to win with him. Yeah. Um, because he's just such a nice person, you know, and he, I, it wouldn't hurt his feelings. I've told him before he he needs to hunt and not, he hunts, Josie's my, my, my best, my favorite dog that I own as far as like just having the overall, my favorite dog and she lived in the house and she's a great dog. And I let, um, Tracy handles her for me because I, he's the only person that I felt like it's a good fit with her. But anyway, it's funny what you said about what people say on the internet, because last week, uh, what two weekends ago, I won that. Um, and I, I don't want to skip ahead, but I, I just want to tell you this. So I don't forget, but like two weeks ago, I won that pro hunt in Tennessee with Rocky, that yep. 18 dog NSD pro hunt. Yeah, well, so. Rocky had been out. The last time Rocky had been out was the world hunt, you know, in March. And I took him hunting for 30 minutes, uh, the week before. And that's the only time he'd been out of the kennel. And so people have been hunting all summer. And, and I mean, he was bad out of shape. I mean, he was, he's, he's out of shape. He was, it was hot. You know, it was 78 degrees. It was terrible hot. And but he has so much heart that, you know, he made it through in the first round. He did. Okay. He looked pretty good. The second round, he looked terrible. Um, <clears throat> but what happened was, is, um, there's a dog in the cast. That's probably in my opinion, uh, the black widow dog, I, I think, um, now, and, and Jeff is my friend and Jade is a super nice dog. Um, but black widow is, is, is right there. You know, I tell people, if you ask me the top, female dogs and in, in hunting right now, I would tell you there it's Jade, Black Widow, Cleo that Tom Smith has, and Pearl. In my opinion, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Those are the four those are the four best. If Bo if if Bo Dooley was still hunting Daisy, I don't know what kind of shape she's in, but those are the four five to me, that's the best female dogs out there. And they're in no order. You know, there's because if you look at like two weeks ago, Pearl tree three squirrels and Jade didn't I think Jade Tree won. You know what I mean? Like, and then yeah, she dominated last weekend. But Black Widow, uh, if Chase Young would, and he he is um there's a few guys like McGuire, um, Chase and Renfro, like those guys are are really good with dogs. And there's some other ones out there. I just from my perspective of who I deal with. Well, Chase is that dog is phenomenal. Well, I mean, she was getting treed so fast, Cody. I mean, she would from cut to tree less than a minute and that dog treed five squirrels in a row in a midday round. But the problem was Rocky stole. She was up, she was up 200 plus and, um, the other dog and Rocky were circled up on like two trees and she treed again. And we're 15 minutes in the hunt and we're walking down this tree. And I told them, I said, y'all, I'll withdraw. I said, if I'm not getting 500 plus put on me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I said, if she has a squirrel down here. I'm leaving. Well, about 50 seconds left into her minute, Rocky come in there and covered her, which is, he shouldn't have done that. He should have already been there. Well, he come in and covered her. She packed it up and left, took a minus, and Rocky got plussed up for 20. Well, I seen right then that she wasn't going to stay with him. So yeah. I lined him up I lined him up behind her and put him with her, and uh, he took two more squirrels from her, and I ended up winning that cast because she wouldn't take the – and she's always – I drew her before, and she never would um, – 
you know, she never would leave. Uh, she'd always stay, but Rocky will just make them do stuff that they, they don't normally do, you know? So we got in the final round. This is the funny part. I don't know the guy who was hunting the dog, <clears throat> but, uh, uh, I draw a dog and, and, uh, we go out to hunt and he's asking me, he's like, Hey, he's like, is this a dog that so-and-so used to have? I said, yeah. And, uh, he's like, all right. He told me, he said, I already know how to beat him. And I just thought to myself, I was like, okay, well, you go get your chance. Well, uh, <laughs> so I, I was like, man, I was like, if you figure it out, you ought to tell everybody. So, uh, anyway, his dog goes in there and opens up once or twice. Rocky locates our tree and, uh, he was pretty upset because he thought I treated his dog, but the judge, the judge is like, I heard Rocky locate. It's not hard to tell who's who. So Rocky locates and I treat him. We go in there, we circle it up. His dog gets minus for, he got down on his milling around because it, it had never been in that situation. You know what I mean? It had not been practiced with a dog covering it, you know? Well, especially and, an 80 pound though. Yeah. Big old sucker like him. <laughs> so we cut, and so we cut off that tree and and that dog was already i mean he's a nice dog but he was already done you like you could tell like he was looking around well rocky just go rocky sees what's going on and and he's i mean he's not a dumb dog he gets up on a tree and just i mean he looks back at me and looks up at a pine tree and just starts treeing and that dog had every chance right then cody to leave it could have took off got away you know what i'm saying and got treated but it's i don't know what he does but it just it wouldn't leave so I don't even search, you know what I mean? I don't need to find a squirrel. I, I already knew this dog had a minus. I just need to stay clean the rest of the hunt. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so I cut Rocky off that tree. He goes up the hill, and he's just lazy treeing. He trees again. We go up there to him. The dog, other dogs uh, was there that time with him, and there was a squirrel in the tree. I don't think he treated a squirrel. I think he just started treeing, and there just happened to be a squirrel there. You know? Um, and we cut him off that tree, and the guy now was – pretty nervous you know so he was like well i know when my dog barks i better tree him and rocky's gonna steal my tree so his dog pulls a bark he trees it it wouldn't treat it was still on the ground so he gets minus and he quits so he withdraws like 30 minutes into the hunt and and i'm thinking to myself i'm like i thought you knew how to beat rocky you know and uh that's and that's a good example and the guy's probably a super nice guy and and i hope you know i think we'll probably be able to hunt together and have fun but that's what rocky does is he ruins hunts for people especially if they've never been in that situation before. But I just say, you know, look, you know, if, if, um, if you're going to be the ultimate squirrel dog, if you're going to be the very best squirrel dog, then you got to let that stuff not bother you. And there's some dogs out there, like I talked about, like Cleo and Pearl and Black Widow and Jade, you know, most of the time they're not going to let that bother them. Do you get what I'm saying, Cody? And so oh, yeah. if you're going to be at the very top level, you've got to make sure that your dog can handle all that stuff. You know, well, there's and, so much that goes into it too. I feel like there's a lot of luck because if you kick your dog right handed and that happens to be where the squirrels are and another guy kicks his right handed, but yours gets in there first and gets treed. Most of these dogs are not going to tree around the dog. That's right. And they're going to no, go you... on somewhere else. Well, if all the squirrels are right handed, just happen to be on the ground over there. Oh yeah. You know, it's a look at the draw. Squirrel hunting is so much luck because squirrel hunting is so much luck because what you just said, they're not coons. They don't sit in the trees. And I found, and me and Scott, we have a certain kind of dog that we feel like we, that we need to win with. And look, I'm not going to go out and buy, um, 20,000, $25,000 dogs. Uh, I'm just not going to do it. 
you know, I mean, I, I could buy, yeah, could I buy the dog? Sure. I, I'll buy, I'll spend that on horses for my daughter and stuff, you know, but I'm not going to spend it on dogs for a hobby for me. So we've got a certain dog that we feel like for us is, is what we can win with, you know? Yeah. And, and, um, and like Rex don't meet that mold. He, Rex is a pure squirrel dog like Josie. He's going to tree. He's not going to make a lot of trees, but when he trees, he's going to have a squirrel. The problem is, is if you, you can't like, you can't control. I learned this lesson uh, in Tennessee when I had Stroker, I drew the boss man dog that the Milan boys had, but it kind of, you know, he went, Joey had him before that. And he was just a wood monster. You know, he'd make 10 trees in the cast. And I learned real quick that a squirrel dog's not going to win all these hunts. If the weather's bad, you know, there's a lot of conditions and you better have a dog that can perform in all those areas and so so me and scott i'm not gonna like say exactly what we're looking for but there's a, you know there's a type of dog that we feel like we can put the odds in our favor in because i mean if you look at like look at jamestown last weekend cody every dog there was what most people would say is like top dog in the game you know what i mean yeah i mean it was three of marty's top dogs three of um ashley's top dogs jeff's there you know you had like what people would say like these are the top dogs they're all, they're the most promoted dogs for sure you know and if you're um as i've told people a lot of times like you know you only know athletes that are really good at sports because you've seen those sports on that's what you were shown it doesn't mean there's not an athlete out there that's just as good that's just not playing professional sports it's just you've been told that michael jordan is the best basketball player that you know you've been told that because that's what's been put in front of you on tv and so with these squirrel dogs it's, it's somewhat the same way um there's probably dogs out there that have never been to these hunts that are better than the dogs at these hunts you know they just never been to a hunt you know oh, yeah. you know what i mean and so and we see it every year because someone finds this dog that no one's heard of and it goes and starts winning well you know it's there's there's always so you can't get hung up with that so what i just look at it and go well you know if you've got nine pure squirrel dogs it's like you said, it's luck, right? If they're all honest company, nothing covers, nothing backs, everything, it, there's no wood monsters. They're, they're all out there just trying to find squirrels. Well, it, it really becomes who's the luckiest of the people in that cast. But if you bring a dog that gets some of their, some of somebody else's, make sure dog, like, make sure dog take minuses, make sure dog make mistakes, shut your dog down. Well, I don't have to rely so much on luck now. You know what I mean? I'm 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 creating my own luck by the type of dog that I'm that I'm going to bring out there. And it is not it is a competition hunt, right? It's not a it's not a pleasure squirrel hunt. So I so just for us, like you know what we believe in and what we want to do is we want to bring uh, the dog that gives us the best chance of winning, regardless of the weather or anything. You know? Yeah. So <clears throat> well, so anyway, these dogs that we're hunting. In all reality, if Joe Blow's got an old pleasure dog, they'll treat five and a hundred yards. I mean, my dog's probably not going to start looking for a squirrel under a hundred yards just because. Yeah, he's he's going to take off before he goes hunting, right? Yeah, so he he don't he don't want. Oh, okay, I'll watch this one timber out of here. Let me go and find another one. Let, not, right. not let's tree four and it's sixty foot right here. That's right, and so that dog, so you know. So it just depends on, on, and if your dog's an honest dog and, and you go to a hunt and it's blowing snow sideways and it's, you know, where you, you already kind of, you, I mean, you got an entry book for $500 and then they're calling for a hurricane or snow or whatever. And it's like, man, I'm just giving this $500 away because I, my dog ain't going to perform. Well, you know? that's kind of the reason I like the, 
the UMCA or the OMCBA is because for the most part, most cur dogs are going to be more honest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For the most I part. I agree. For the most part, they are going to be. And I'll tell you, man, like, <clears throat> so Rocky, um, and I'll shut up about him, but like Rocky, um, so the so that was like 2020, well, 2021 last season, um, Scott wanted to hunt. Um, well, Greg quit hunting. Okay. So, so, so Greg was going to quit hunting and, um, and, and he, he said he, he was wanting to get out of hunting, I think. Um, and he was going to sell image. Well, I, I personally didn't, didn't really want image. Um, it's nothing against the dog. It's just, I had enough dogs, but I didn't want Greg to quit squirrel hunting because I knew it would be bad for, um, USDC because Greg was such a big promoter and such a big part of it. Yeah. And Greg was a good friend of mine. So I called Greg and I said, Hey man, don't sell your dog. Let me, you know, let's work out a deal. Let me buy him. You hunt for me. And, and, uh, you know what I mean? I was like, I'll buy your dog. That way you don't, cause if you need to, if you're selling him because you need the money or whatever, let me just give you the money and, and we'll just be partners. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, so that's when Greg started hunting for me. Um, and we had a good year, you know what I mean? We won, uh, a little world hunt and and we you know we had a good season but but greg was still half half in you know what i mean he was still getting pro sports started and was you know and was thinking about moving on and so so when greg told me um last december when he told me uh, me and tracy were out hunting and he called me and i knew you know i knew he was wanting to get out he's like hey man i just i don't think i'm i'm in it no more and i was like okay brother and i was like hey you know no that's all good i mean i, I and i that's that's how I told him. I mean, that's all it was. I don't, he don't owe me nothing. You know what I mean? I, he don't owe me nothing. So, yeah. so I sent, I sent image to Scott and I was excited because I was like, Hey man, cause Scott, um, I want him to have, you know, I, Scott can hunt like Scott will hunt six days a week and Scott will hunt five, six hours a day. And, and I know that I can't do that. So I wanted Scott to have the best dog he could have so that he'd have the best chance of winning. So I sent him image but they just, they didn't really jail good. And, and, uh, and not only that, but, but you're always going to get compared to the guy who had him before. So for Scott, he felt like, man, if I, if I win with him, people are going to say like, if, if, if image was, if Scott was winning with image, then people were going to be like, well, what did Greg do? Why couldn't he win with him? And if Scott was losing with him, it was kind of like it created this, just, just bad. It, yeah, it wasn't a win situation. I, I didn't like it. Yeah, I didn't like it. So I just said, let's just sell him, you know, and Scott's like, fine with me. You know what I mean? And, and the way me and Scott have always worked is, is, um, kind of like me and Tracy work. Like I'll get, if he calls me and says, Hey man, I want this dog. I'll buy him the dog, but, but I don't want to buy a dog that we know is going to be like, I don't want to buy a dog and send it to him and say, this is your dog. I want him to kind of pick the, what he wants. So we went through, me and him, we went through a lot of dogs after we got rid of image last year. So we sold it. Me and Ashley partnered up image ended up winning the world title, you know, and almost won the truck, you know? And, and so but the thing is, man, is that's where, um, and I'll talk about this. Some, Cause that's where I, I really care about the dogs is I think that Brian leverage is a great fit for image. They get along. Well, the dog hunts well for him. And, I'm glad Brian has the dog because it wasn't a good fit for Scott. You know what I mean? And, and that's where like, um, Sambo, you know, I gave Sambo to, to Robbie 
And I mean, I paid a lot of money for Sambo and we've won. He now he's a two time. He's a double platinum champion dog. Sam's won right at like 50,000. Sam's got seven of the 20 dogs on the PKC crossbred list or out of Sam or, or, and Sam. He finished, Robbie took him like eight hunts this year and he finished fifth in the state race. I mean, he's still at his age and we're going to the pro sport truck hunt this weekend. Um, and hopefully we went to one other one and we got into the, um, top 16 or the, uh, of the truck hunt, you know, um, but, but I gave Sam to Robbie and I told Robbie, I said, I said, Robbie, I said, Sam is happiest with you and you're the best person to have Sam. So we turned down, uh, uh, three times what I paid for Sam about a year ago. Um, because I didn't care. I, I think that that dog deserves to be with Robbie, you know, and yeah. that's like black. That's like the same thing with blackout. I bought blackout hoping that it would get Greg to, you know, when me and Greg met, he told me about blackout. He told me that that was his favorite dog and that the guy he was hunting for at the time wanted to get out of squirrel hunting. And, and, uh, they had blackout and, and big Jim and they had blackout was the dog that was worth the money, you know? And so they end up selling them all, um, and getting out of it. And Greg really, I don't think wanted to get rid of, you know, he didn't want to get rid of the dog, but it's, she was also worth a lot of money, you know? And so, so I told Greg, I said, if I get a chance to buy her for you, I'll buy her for you. Um, and so I ended up getting the chance to buy her and, and I gave her to Greg and, and I told him, I said, Hey, you know, you hunter and, you know, I don't know if he'll come to very many hunts this year or just pleasure hunter. Um, but it's like that dog was real important to him, you know, and, and, and I feel like, um, that dog was real important to him. And then, um, I did the, I bought Anna. Uh, and we bred her to image and to Rocky, but I bought Anna and Tracy loved her. And it's like, she's all right, dog, you know, and she, but she's produced some real dogs, but Tracy loved that dog. And so I, I gave Anna to Tracy and, and I just feel like, um, the, the worst thing people can do is, is these dogs give so much to us. And then it's like, they're seven, eight, nine years old and people start passing them around, you know, just yeah. selling them off. And it makes me sick to see a dog that's getting posted for sale that's eight, nine, ten years old. Um, because I mean it's you know, they end up they end up in a in a in a bad spot, not getting the care they need in an older age, you know what I mean? And oh, my yeah. thing is living like, in a four this, before kennel and don't never get out. Right. Like Rocky, last week, man, I he had a dental, I had his teeth done. I had um they had this thing called um they got this thing called um Oh, Lord, it's they take their blood out and they spin it like stem cell and they put it back in the dog. And it it really like you can have dogs that are like down in the back, can't walk. And they do this therapy on them and the dog will be walking the next day. It's um, it's it's called alpha flow. Well, I had like this alpha flow treatment done on Rocky last week. Um, and and, uh, you know, I, I think and, and 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 Robbie knows and Greg knows like whatever these dogs need, we need to take care of them because we owe it to them. You know, they gave yeah. us so much. And so I have, uh, who knows how much money in dogs that are just with people and that maybe they wouldn't have on their own. But I truly believe that that dog deserves to be with the person that means the most to them and, and, and vice versa. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I feel like that maybe, you know, I know, look, I could do a lot better things with, with the, uh, the blessings that God's gave me, but 
I just, I, to me, it means a lot to me to be able to do that for them dogs. I think know? you're doing the right thing. How old well, is I, Rocky? He's got to be 20, 30. No, he's, a, he's eight. <laughs> you know, he's eight. And, and he turned eight in August. And, you know, last year we won three world titles last year. Um, and so, like, I, in, in the last six hunts he's been in, or the last, yeah, the last five hunts he's been in, we won three world titles and that and that hunt last weekend. So he's not, he's not done. You know, he's not done. And uh, and I mean, I have no, he's not getting retired. I'll I'll bring him to, I'll probably only be bringing him to to hunts that matter. You know, I'm not gonna go chase the. He's got the most points in NSD, um, Hall of Fame points. You know, he's Hall of Fame NSD, three-time world title. He's got a reserve national title. He's won, you know, the two dog of the years, the two-time hound of the year. He's won. I mean, he's won. He's not Woody, and we talk about money, but Rocky's won more casts than any dog in squirrel hunting. You know, he's got the most cast wins. Um, and I don't, I mean, I mean nothing, but he's a, he is a consistent winner. And I'm a, I'm, I'm a numbers guy. And if you go to NSD and you pull the last four years, He's won 62 to 64% of every cast he's ever been in, Cody. So if you can take a dog that's consistently, uh, you know, consistent like that, if you can win 60 to 65% of every cast you go into, you're going to have a dog that's going to do a lot of winning for you. Um, So, so Rocky ain't done, but uh, I'll tell you um, kind of where we are now. Uh, So anyway, so I just want to make sure I covered it. Also, I don't want to leave none of my friends out. Uh, but, but like I said, Tracy, one of my best buddies, and he has Anna, and he hunts Josie for me. They won a lot last year. Josie's eight as well. Um, Sambo's 10, but he, this dog, I'm telling you, Sam is, if you, something's wrong with that dog in regards to like his, his, um, I think he has like a testosterone deal because he sheds so much that, I mean, you could build a new dog every day. I mean, he yeah. is like, it's weird. It's the weirdest thing. He has like, piles of hair in his kennel but he's not bald i mean it's like it's it's excessive it's like he's always shedding and he acts he hardly has any gray on his face he acts like a three-year-old i mean he doesn't show any signs of slowing down um you know even like last year we went to a pro sport hunt and he drew apollo and another dog and robbie told me that was his best win he's ever had better than the you know all the other big the, the big hunts we've won with him he said because it was two dogs that were at the very top of, of pro, you know, of their game right now. And Sam treed like four coons and they do to, to nothing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he, he just dominated them. And that's, and that Robbie said that was his favorite hunt. But, but anyway, Robbie, so we got Sam, but you know, I've got trash can and I'll tell you a little bit about trash can. It's an interesting story. So, um, my son, I'm telling you before we start talking, I've got an eight year old with autism and, we had a, a walker dog, a uh, puppy, and it kept getting in the trash, and he named it Trash Can. So, um, well, he was, he was, he got ill. The dog was mean, and so he left, he didn't, uh, he left this world. And, and, uh, but I, of course, I didn't tell my eight year old that. And so, yeah. um, Tyler had got <clears throat> this farm junk dog, and I didn't know anything about the farm junk line. Like, I didn't know Tom Smith. I didn't know any of these guys. Okay. Um, and he had this, but he had this big walker dog and at seven months old, he's killing squirrels to it. Well, I called Tyler and Tyler didn't know me yet. And I told him, I said, Hey, I want to buy this dog, but I want you to keep it. And Tyler's like, man, that sounds like a weird deal. 
He's like, I've got it sold to this guy for like $4,000. He's like, and I told him, I was like, I'll give you the 4,000 and you just keep the dog and, you know, finish raising it. But he didn't really know me. And it kind of sounded like it didn't really make it. It, 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 it like, here's so like a scam it, it, or something. Yeah. Like it, it don't make sense. Right. But, but I was like, Hey, just let me buy the dog. You keep it. And just raise him, you know, because I like, um, I like, uh, I, well, I want a dog that's going to throw a big locate, start treeing, and not think about leaving because I hate taking a minus, you know? So, so anyway, so he sells the dog and, you know, I don't, um, it went to this other guy and uh, Tommy, Carol, and those guys, and, and a guy that hunts with them had it. And uh, long, long story short, it goes to Arkansas to a hunt and it leaves three trees and Tommy's going to, you know, send it on to where the other trash can went to you know what i mean yeah and tyler got the dog and he was like hey man don't don't call it just let me take it and let me see if you know if i can do something with it so so tommy gives it to tyler well tyler gets it and he calls me he's like hey man there's nothing wrong with this dog i'm treating squirrels to him and then like a week goes by and he calls me he's like hey man this dog ain't gonna make it i'm like what what do you mean he's like dude he just shuts down he's like he just like he won't go hunting he just shuts down He's like, he's not going to work. And I was like, man, don't, don't kill him. Let me have him. You know what I mean? I was like, give me a chance with him. Hey guys, Bob Osborne with Timber Creek Dog Supplies, a one-stop shop for dog supplies and hunting gear. He carries everything from coon lights and squalors to hip boots and tracking gear. So if you are in need for some new outerwear, a new thermal, or just a leading collar, Check out Timber Creek at TimberCreekSupply.com or by phone at 662-230-7410. And if you are ever in the Oxford, Mississippi area, go check out Bob's store. And so he, so Tyler gives me the dog. So I get the dog here and uh, I, I'm going to say that he, this was not the case, but I didn't know this going into it. He was, he was pretty poor. You know, he was kind of like stroker. He was just like terrible thin. Yeah. And he had two holes on his neck from where a bark collar had been on him and barked through his neck. And, um, and I got him and, uh, and I started just pouring food to him and it didn't matter. I feed Victor. I'm a, I'm a big Victor fan, but the Victor, like it didn't matter how much you gave him Cody, he would not gain weight. So I started mixing kinetic, and Victor and uh, Scott told me to put uh, corn flakes, just like like frosted flakes, you know. He's like, hey, put some frosted flakes in there. It'll put fat on them because it's got a lot of sugar and bran and stuff in it. So I started feeding him and, uh, and bacon grease. So I was feeding this dog bacon grease, um, kinetic feed, um, Victor feed. I use new pro supplements, the new pro supplements and bacon grease. I'm making this dude this giant pot of food like you'd make for a horse <laughs> every day. I mean, I'm making it in a horse feeding bowl that I had. And I put, listen, I, all I do with this dog, all I do is for a month is my son, my kids play with this dog every day and we feed the crap out of him. And he put weight on and it's like his spirit, it's like his spirit was broke. I, I mean, like I said, I, Tommy's a good friend of mine and Kyler's one of my best friends. And I, I mean, I hope they don't get mad, but. It's just like the dog's spirit was broke, you know, and, I, and I'm not saying they did anything to it. Yeah. I'm just saying the dog seemed like he was just broke, you know? And so, so all we did was work on him being a dog. You know, we just played with him. 
um, he would sit and, and, uh, and, and lay down and we just like, we just played with the dog. And, uh, when I felt like I had like a, a solid dog, you know, like a quality mind in him, I, that's I took him hunting and, uh, he trade, uh, Tracy was with me and that sucker treed five squirrels as fast as you could ask a dog to tree squirrels. And I knew then I had a nice dog. Um, we went hunting the next, like the next day I hunted him heavy that week. And what I found is, is, um, I was hunting and he had treed like three squirrels and a squirrel bailed out. And I kind of like, I jerked him off the tree. Um, so he, cause I wanted to put him on that hot squirrel and I jerked him off the tree and I was kind of like rough with him and he would not move. He laid down on the ground. Like I had just melted him down with a shocker, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, Oh man. So I got him up and I started walking with him and he would barely like, I could cut him off the lead. And he'd just stand there. Like he just shut down. And so I knew that's what Tyler had seen. So I just got him back on the leash. I walked him back to the truck. I put him up and act like nothing happened. And I told Scott about it. And I was like, well, you take him because Scott can hunt more than me. So Scott killed like 30, 40 squirrels with this dog and took him to the nationals. And that's when he won the junior nationals last year. And, um, in that final round, they told, they all, everybody's calling me like, man, cause he drew a case closed and, uh, a dog, um, another dog, uh, it's called rock, uh, that Jared, uh, was on and, uh, Jared Lindsay was on the trash can made four trees and had four squirrels. And they say he did it as fast as you could ask for. And he won the junior national. And then we went to the junior world hunt. Um, well, I put him a hunt down here in South Carolina and won that hunt. And then we took him to the junior world hunt and we finished third. Um, we got beat and, uh, by Messiah and, uh, Cleo. So nothing to be ashamed of, yeah. you know, they're, year, they're a year older than him. And it came down to overtime with me and me and Wade. So, um, so anyway, so trash can was just a broken dog that all he needed was attention and reassurance that he was not, you know, he just needed, you know, someone to treat him like a dog, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, 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 and took a free dog and made him a, you know, national champion at, uh, at 22 months old, you know, that's wild there. So, yeah, so, uh, so trash can will kind of be what I hunt, you know, moving forward. Um, and, uh, and we got Rocky and then like I said, uh, Scott's still hunting for me. So our team is dramatically shrunk. Uh, um, John's hunting for Joey, uh, posting and John called me and asked, you know, John was, uh, a good friend about it. He called me and asked me, Hey, do you want me to, do you care? And I was like, no, dude, if you want, you know, if somebody else is going to put you with a good dog and, you know, and John won a truck last year, you know, and that's. But John did ask me and made sure it wasn't going to mess up our friendship. And, uh, you know, so John, uh, so right now I just have Tracy hunting with me and, and Scott. And that's probably, you know, especially until the, um, you know, the current economic uh, outlook and stuff, I probably won't have a bunch of people hunting for me. You know, we'll try to <laughs> try to be my, well, my daughter's gotten to this barrel race and, and you know, it, it takes a lot. And and at the end of the day, man, you can't make any money with more than three people hunting. I mean, if you're doing like you. I just want to break even each year. I just want to win enough to, to not lose money off yeah. the dogs, you know? Um, and that's what we do. We breed, we make like, like we, I don't breed junk to junk, but we bred Anna and, uh, and, uh, we'll breed, like I'll breed Sambo to some top dogs. Um, I bought that wife out Zima female. that's a gold champion, uh, just to breed to Sam. Like we'll breed, I, I try to make enough puppies. Like we bred, um, blackout to rodeo. I try to make enough to um pay all the entries for the year and you know like if we win 
like when we won, like when Scott won um, last weekend with Rex, where they split the money, uh, you know, we won like, I don't know, like $1,800 or something like that. And, or uh, 21, something like that. And we just put all the money towards our entries, you know? So we just want the dogs to pay for the dogs. And if you've got nice dogs, you can hunt all year for free. You know, if you just, if you manage it the right way. I like the way them rodeo and, uh, blackout pups look boy them songs are sharp yeah they are and i think i think that's the right i like um i think a hound if you you got it if you're gonna have a competition dog you better have some hound in it you know and as far as if you're gonna compete at the highest level now i say that and i think last weekend was pretty much all omcba you know bred dogs but they all got some hound in them and and uh, whether it's on them papers or not. And so, I mean, I think, you know, you've got to have some, hand, you've got to have that, that stay, that stay put. Cause like I, my, I've got a dog at the house now. Um, he's an OMCBA dog. He's two and a half years old and he is the most fun dog that I own. He, um, you can treat all the squirrels you want with him. You can hunt him off of a four wheeler and he'll run and he'll road hunt. You know, you can road hunt trails on him. He'll treat coons at night the same way. Um, road hunt him in a car. I mean, he's absolutely the most, like, I. if I had, like, you know, if, if I had to sell all my dogs, um, which that's not going to happen again, I've, 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 I've made it past that point, but, but, uh, but, you know, but I, but if I had to keep one, I'd keep him and he's, a, he's not got any world titles or nothing. He's just a fun dog. And I think OMCBA dogs are the best family pet dogs that you can go out and have a blast with and have fun with these big hounds and stuff. They're not fun. They're just competition hunt winners. You know, they're not uh, the tree incurs that want to go 800 yards to every tree. I mean, they're not, to me, that's not fun, you know, and that's how blackout is. You can't have, she's not enjoyable to hunt when you cut her. I mean, she's 800. I mean, pretty much like every tree, seven, 800 yards and she'll be under a squirrel, but I mean, you just, you can't take her to a, a 30 acre track of woods and kill five squirrels. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I get it. At, you know, and it's not like, fun for kids. Hmm. It's not fun no. for the the hobbyist on the weekend. It's like I'd like to go with you and shoot yeah. some squirrels. Okay, you got your boots on. Yeah, and they and and they may go to a bunch of empty trees. You know, so yeah. I have like I sold. Up, I had a little dog named Little Joe. I sold uh, a guy, and he was a pure hound, but he was like this dog I replaced him with. Um, he was my, my fun dog. You know, he'd tree a bunch of squirrels, coons, possums, like whatever. And that dog, I got a dog now. And, and I'm not saying I won't show up to some hunts with this dog. I mean, he does, he's done nothing that would not make him be able to compete at a high level. It's just if the weather's bad or something, you know what I mean? If it, I mean, if it was, if it's going to be like 50 degrees in November and nice and the squirrels are out, then yeah, I mean, he, he can win a hunt. But if it's if it's 15 degrees and nothing's moving, you don't have no business bringing a dog like that to a hunt. Or know? a midday NSD <clears throat> hunt. Right. Yeah. Exactly. If the squirrels aren't moving midday, um, he's not going to be the the winner for you. You know. And so so you just got to realize that you either are a competition hunter or a pleasure hunter, and if you're both, then you you probably want to get two dogs. Yeah. You know? Well, and, that's and, that's kind of where <laughs> I fall. I enjoy hunting more than I enjoy the competition. But yeah. You can't truly see whose dog's better if you don't turn them loose in the woods at the same time. That's right. And I, I do the competition. I, I, I'm just as happy if Robbie calls me and he won and he's, you know, if he's hunting for that, 
well, he went, he's won some big hunts for us and, and, uh, Scott's hunting, you know, well, he's winning hunts like last two weekends he's been winning. And, um, you know, I, I, that's more fun for me, you know, like I, I, I do enjoy winning, uh, or hunting my own dog, but, but really it's about others being able to go out and do something they enjoy with a dog that maybe they wouldn't have and, and, uh, or getting to do something that maybe they wouldn't get to do and being able to help them with that and being able to have fun and win with them. To me, that's, that's why I really do it. I think that's the most fun part of it. And so, and Greg was so, um, animated and fun, you know, and I miss him. I wish he, I wish he was still, um, squirrel hunting with us because he was, um, he sure made it. I want, you wanted, you wanted him to do well. So he pushed you to have, keep him with good stuff. And, and Scott's the same way, you know, he pushes, he wants, he keeps me trying to help him get better. You know what I mean? And that's the people I want around me. I don't want somebody hunting for me. That's just going to take what I send them and make excuses when we lose, you know, but I, I tell you, Cody, I never ask. I never ask if we lose a cast, I don't call and ask what happened. Um, because, um, it's, I wasn't there and I don't, I don't want, I don't want anybody, like I said, I don't call them like, what happened? If they want to tell me about it, fine. But if you ever talk to Greg, you can ask him. I never ask what happened on the cast. I don't, you know, if we win, then I may call them like, dude, tell me about it. You know what happened? But if we lose, I don't, I don't, um, we're doing this for fun. They don't work for me and I'm not going to call and, you know, make them feel bad about losing, you know? Yeah, I get it. What what about, I mean, uh, you still got your kid, right, puppy? Yeah. So he, um. Uh, it's funny, uh, Ken Nisley sent me a video of his today and it was treeing and he's like, finally got this thing to open its mouth. Well, mine has not ever had no problem treeing. Uh, he's always been real tree minded, but what he's doing, like they're, they're, um, so they're 13 months old and, and that sucker is so naturally independent, which is crazy being out of Rocky. But when you cut them loose. You, you I mean he'll be three, four hundred yards, and before you get the other dogs out of the dog box, and he, um, I mean he is gone, and and his he's getting, he'll you'll see him like on the Garmin, you know what I mean? Like he'll get in the spot and he'll be working it, and you can tell that he wants the tree, um, but he's still, like, our leaves are our leaves just started falling this week, so he can't that bird dog in them, they want to they want to see it, you know what I mean? They don't he don't trust his nose yet. So if he can see the squirrel, he'll tree good. If he can't see the squirrel, he'll just be kind of like standing there whining, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think, I think when these leaves get gone, you know, it's going to make a, a dramatic difference for the dog. But as far as like foot speed and independence and, and a good mouth, um, and you won't find a prettier looking dog. You know, he's the prettiest dog I've had. I think that bird dog needs to be about 25%. I think half is too much. That's just me. Because I bred them to the tree and mindless dog I've ever had, heavy nailer blood, and they still, um, everyone that I've kept up with is treeing and doing, it and people are happy with them, but they're not, um, they're not like wood monsters or nothing like that. They're looking for game, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I and I, I'm more. I would probably, if I had the right person for that dog, I would, I would, I don't want to sell him, but I would. I would put him in the hands of the right person, you know, because um, I'm more excited about my Anna Rocky pup because that sucker 
Uh, Tyler's treated squirrel yesterday. Mine's treated squirrels already. And not that dogs doing something at a young age matters because, you know, they're just, they can blow up at any time. But I'm just saying the Anna's got a track record of producing, you know, real winners. I mean, she produced uh, um, Blackout, uh, Slick that um, Brian Perry has. Yeah. Um, there's another one, right? Her paper, she's not out of, he's not, Anna's not the mama on papers, but Anna's the mama. And it's a world champion um huh. big gym uh she's got some you know a lot of top dogs out of anna uh the whip dogs out of anna you know um there's a lot of real winners that anna's produced and so i i'm excited about that pup but those pups there you know they're four months old and they're all treeing already and tree hard you know and so i like a, one of the things i like is a good tree dog so um but people don't remember this about anna as much but she was a lot like rocky i mean she would steal some trees too you know, she had a, a, a monster mouth. Most people will tell you she's the loudest female dog they've been in the woods with. But she would steal them trees, too, you know. And uh, it's just funny, man. If you've got a cur dog that, that would – if you had a – if Rocky didn't have a tail and was yellow and white, they'd say he's one of the best dogs ever. But because he's a walker dog, you know, he's a thieving piece of you know what. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, that's just – but you don't win that much by being junk. I mean, the uh, – and uh, you can see the scorecards. He trees plenty of squirrels. You know, yeah. it's uh, it's just Rocky's thing, man. It's like people have a, it's kind of like um, people have a built-in excuse that everybody accepts. So, like, if you draw Rocky and get beat, you can say, oh, well, it was Rocky. He did this or he did that. Um, and everybody else has had it done to them, so they just all accept it as an excuse instead of saying, I got beat, you know? Um, and and uh, it just... Man, all you gotta do is treat your dog. All you yeah. all you gotta do is treat your dog. You I know? get it. Now, so, do you think so? You like the way them bird dogs are starting to become? <laughs> Obviously, they're Masai's nice. Yeah, Masai's Masai's uh, not Masai's uh. I, I'll say this. I don't, I don't mind saying it. There's been a lot of dogs bred to bird dogs, and the only ones we know that are really good are Messiah and Lady Bird that Chase Young has. And I may there may be some other ones out there, that, and 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 Keith Sutmiller's dogs, but that's it as far as at a high level. I say this, I get Tracy mad all the time about Festus. I tell him, I'm like, hey man, what is what's he produced that's winning at a high level? You know, yeah. what's he produced? I mean, what's he produced that's that's really winning? And uh, Josh Presley has a dog off Festus that's nice. And look, there I'm telling um, Jeff uh, Jeff Smith has the alley dog. I've seen her look as good as any dog I've hunted with. Um, there's some great dogs. He's a great stud dog. But what I'm saying is there's at a high level, you know what I mean? There's not, uh, I look at it and go, what's winning at the top of the top or what's consistently winning every weekend. And with those bird dogs, the only ones that have ever done it consistently are like hundred percent pure joy with Keith, Messiah and and Chase hadn't carried his to a lot of hunts, but she's really nice. The ladybird dog, which is off a shadow. It's a litter mate to Messiah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think um, that the, the bird dog is, uh, I think it needs to be at like 25% in the dogs. I think if you uh, took one of those dogs off like Rocky and, and a bird dog bred it to an old CBA dog, that you would kind of get the right mix that would, that would benefit the dog because like a, john and michael and them always say like what are you adding to it that's going to benefit it you know and so with the bird dog you got eyesight and speed 
you know, you breed them to a walker dog, you put tree in it, and now you need to put some squirrel into it, you know? So <clears throat> I think um, the next generation is, is where you're going to get your better dog at. Um, and until there's majority bird dogs winning, then I'm going to stick with that. And uh, I mean, it's the same thing. I had this last night <clears throat> conversation. Uh, we were trying to, people are asking like who to breed to, you know what I mean? And, and uh, it's nothing against like Woody, but what other walker dog have people consistently bred to in squirrel hunting? And there's really none. It's just, well, it's like, you know, it's Woody. Yep. And, and, and I'm not saying that, listen, he's the best. He's won the most. Well, my, what I'm saying is, is if we have bred in squirrel dogs, if we have bred the same amount of dogs to Willie or to big money or to uh, rodeo, like, Will we st will we get the same consistency of quality uh, performance dogs? I think so because Trent, when you put high quality proven reproducing Walker dog into um, a squirrel dog, you're going to get some of those really great traits. But no one went outside. Everyone, you know, we all stuck with with uh, the proven uh, dog. You know what I mean? Well, and me and Chris have argued <clears throat> this multiple. Well, I'm not going to say argue. We have had this conversation, and I told him, I said, man, uh, Hummer obviously reproduced. Yeah, Hummer, and, and Hummer, but he also is, was bred, well, he that, was bred, to, like Hummer was bred to every, you know, Greg said he bred him like, you know, a couple hundred times. Well, that's that's where I was going with it. I told Chris. So how many, said, didn't, how many didn't make it? I know? said, obviously he was a reproducer. Yeah, absolutely. But if if I bred my dog, which has never even been bred, if if he could throw a thousand puppies, surely there's thirty good dogs that can come out of him. Exactly, and that's that's that was my point about like Festus and Woody and other dogs. It's like if you breed so much, um, and that's where I think Anna is, is different. Is being the female, they don't always get the credit, but she's been bred to Tank, Hummer, Image, and Rocky, and there's been legit top contending dogs out of every litter you know what i mean yeah and so so and multiple world champions legit contenders out of that female so in my opinion that's a reproducing dog uh trixie that um danny mccurdy had you know what i'm talking about uh, yeah mm -hmm. McCur she is a that's a consistent reproducing dog that because you can see it with the females better because they don't get bred to everything. They just get bred to one dog. Got it. You know what I mean? So, so if I could find a male dog that had been bred like five times to five different females and, and all five litters had like had consistent real winners in it, that to me, that's the dog I would breed to. Well, I know? think what Adam O'Donnell is doing where he's selectively giving them to people or however he's doing it to people that's hunting them and pushing them. Yeah, that way you really know what they're going to be instead of if you have a litter of 10 and sell three or whatever to competition yeah. hunters and the other seven go to pleasure hunters and everything else. You don't really know. You, you don't know. know. And like I, I bred Josie the Sam. Josie's only been bred one time. I bred her to Sambo and uh, she had five pups. Um, one of them is didn't, didn't uh, make it and the other four are all treeing squirrels not uh johnny dalton has one now that's going to be at some hunts you know they're just now like two years old but all four dogs made squirrel dogs made good 
solid squirrel dogs. Like Dustin Todd has one. I uh, I had a, a one that I gave to a, a guy in Georgia who's who's treating squirrels with it. I mean, they're all and so which I know Sambo's a producer. You know what I mean? I, I mean it's right there in the pro hound. It's he's barely been bred, and um, you know he's 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 gone. I haven't hardly I bred him like I bred him I think three times in the four years I've had him. You know what I mean? So it's like I don't I don't breed him a lot, but every time we do, we have like Robbie was texting us while we were talking. We got a pup that's six months old that been in the woods three times and treated his first only treated coon tonight by itself like an old dog, you know. Oh, wow. And uh, and that's what that's what Sam is. If you breed to Sambo and you just take your pup in the woods at six seven months old and you just take it in the woods, it's going to go treat coons. I mean, and I've had so many people call me and they get a pup off Sam that they got from somebody else who maybe just kennel raised it and didn't, you know what I mean? They didn't do nothing with it. They got it at a year old and second, third night in the woods, it's treating coons. And so, I mean, that's to me is what, what a producer is. You know, if you've got a high coal rate then, or it should be, and that's the other worst thing to me, Cody, is people don't get rid of a dog because of the bloodline it's out of when they know it's crap. You know, if I've seen, I've seen some dogs get passed around that I know, need a bullet and because they're out of two dogs that are you know top dogs it's like they just get passed around passed around passed around yeah they're still um, hoping that the name pulls through well, yeah they're they're selling the dog off the papers and then they're breeding it to say well it's off this bloodline just to make money selling pups it's just i just people can do whatever they want i can't live nobody else's life for them i just personally think it's stupid you know i would think if a dog if you want to have really good squirrel dogs or really good competition dogs, then you have to be willing to, you know, know what you have when you have it and be willing to do what needs to be done because otherwise we just keep getting, that's what happened to a lot of the coonhounds. You know, you just, that's why there's so much junk out there because people just want to, don't want to lose the money they spent on a pup or whatever, you know? I agree. And, you know, and, and for the most part, it's actually smarter to buy a started dog and spend a little more money than it is to buy a puppy because you already know what you got. You're taking right. a chance on a puppy. You're taking a chance. It's a lottery ticket, a puppy. And like me and Tyler were talking the other day, he was, um, the, his dog that, that he has now, he had a couple of people asking about buying it. And he's like, look, man, I paid a thousand. If you got a thousand dollars in the pup or 500 in the pup, you got $500 in, in shots and, and, you know, medication, you know, you got a thousand dollars in gas and feed and stuff. I mean, by the time you've raised a pup to 18 months old and it's treeing squirrels and doing some work, you've got three grand in it no matter what, you know, no matter what. So you're better off to me. I'd rather pay three, four thousand dollars for a well-started dog that's treeing its own squirrels and doing what it's supposed to do than, than try to raise a pup. Um, I've got a start in 10. And I, I, I mean, like I said, I'll usually raise one. And when it gets going, I'll give it to somebody because um, I can start one, but I'm not good at. I mean, I'm not, I don't have enough time to consistently keep one in the woods to finish it. You know, um, I can get it treeing. I can get it because um, I've got the like a seven acre pen, you know, where I can get them treeing. I can expose them to everything. I can teach them basic commands. I can have a quality, solid dog, but um, I'm not going to be able to take it from, from, you know, 12 months to two years. That, that, that year that it needs consistent hunting, I can't do that because my life don't allow for it. So I usually, if, if I get a well-bred pup that i breed and raise and keep then i'll i usually try to find somebody who wants to partner up on it or whatever you know yeah and uh and uh, and a lot of them don't make it you know i've raised 
we have one out of image and um anna she didn't make it she was five months old she was mean as could be trying to jump on every dog in the wood you know it was just ill and so you know and the other dogs out of that cross there's two dogs out of that cross that not everybody really knows about um that are are going to show up and win you know they're phenomenal they're really nice dogs um and two top guys have them but they don't you know they don't put it all over facebook and stuff um so i mean that cross worked the image and across produced some really nice dogs but the one i had was just ill you know something was wrong with it you yeah. know and so That's and most people would most most people would have sold that dog and bred it because it was off anna and image you know what i mean and it was a female because I could have, I could have sold it for a thousand dollars. You know what I mean? I could have sold it for a thousand dollars, but I, it ended up, you know, it didn't make it. So. Well, you know, it, and, and it might've made somebody that was only going to hunt it by itself. I'm assuming you're talking eel to other dogs. Yeah. It was ill with other dogs and like it could have hunted by itself and maybe made a good pleasure dog or whatever. But what if it bit a kid or what if it, you know, what well, if it damaged somebody's, that. what if it damaged somebody else's really nice dog? You know, what if it went up to somebody's house while it was hunting, got around the house and jumped on somebody's dog? You know, I mean, you can't take those risks. If a dog's ill, you need to just go ahead and, because not only that, it's like, you know, what if you have an, I can't stand somebody brings a known ill dog to a hunt because it's going to get in a fight with another dog. And then both dogs get scratched and get a reputation for fighting when your dog wouldn't do nothing but taking up for itself. You know, so just if you got an ill dog, just man, just just be honest with yourself and leave it at home. I I agree with that. I you know because especially a young dog, you get a young dog yeah. jumped on on a tree, it might change its whole demeanor treating with another dog. <laughs> that's right. I I had a dog. Um, I I bought it. It's one of those I was telling you about when I first got back into hounds, and I bought it from a guy out there in Tennessee. And uh, I got it home. I took a buddy of mine. I was really excited. We grew up hunting together. We go out and cut our dogs loose. It, his dog covers my dog. My dog about kills his dog before we get there. I had no idea the dog was mean and ill. And, our, and this guy had a young, like a younger dog, and it ruined his dog. And that dog should have never been sold to me. It should have been, you know what I mean? It should have been put down. But it with tree cones, it was a night champion and all that. But, you know, it just, it's what, it ruined another dog because somebody didn't, you know, get that, get that one's genetics out of the gene pool. Well, you know? I actually, I actually think that that's kind of the way they used to want it to be, you know, oh, yeah. whoop, whoop another dog off a tree until it sees a headlamp. And then once it sees a headlamp, it goes back to tree. And I just, I don't you know. Get it, it's man. just a different, it's a different world. Back in, it was a tree, a calling contest and all that. It's, now it's everybody's dogs by themselves. And, you know, I, I like, I guess I like the way coon hunting has went because you got to have coons to win. You got to have coons to win and you got to have, um, you got to be independent, you know, and that's, and squirrel hunts went the same way. It used to be, you know, you go to hunt in Jamestown, you had, it was a calling contest. Everybody was packed on one tree and now it's the same way. Everybody has an independent dog that does its own thing for the most part, you know, and that's why if you show up with something that covers and, and creates a lot of pressure they even the top dogs can't handle it a lot yep. of times you know oh, yeah. because they just they ain't used to seeing it you know so I agree. but but um well man i said i know we've been on here for a long time yeah. i don't mind talking to you I just, well I, nah, we've I been on here to... about two and a half hours and it's getting That's probably it's getting pretty late so yeah do you have anything um, else you want to cover before we get off here no man i'll tell you not i just uh i just uh 
appreciate you having, you know, having a chance to let me talk about some of my dogs and the people um, that have been, you know, important to me. And like I said, um, you know, me and Ashley have a good partnership and we got a lot of good dogs. And, and like I said, Scott's been a great friend to me. Tracy's been a great friend, Tyler. And, and um, I know I'm leaving some people out, you know, I hate, I hate to do one of those podcasts and, and uh, somebody get their feelings hurt. But um, most of my friends that are close to me know that they're important to me and uh, tell them all the time in a hundred years, uh, everyone, you and I know, and us too, will all be dead. So, um, you know, all we have this, uh, ain't none of us really, uh, don't matter how good of a squirrel dog we got, ain't none of us, no big shot anybody will ever remember. So um, these, these podcasts are fun to remember some of the dogs because at least we can remember them for a little while. Well, you know, and, and I agree a hundred percent with that because if we don't document it, it's gone. That's right. You, you know, know, and I think maybe somebody hears something on these podcasts y'all do about a dog they didn't know. You know, maybe they just read some stuff on the internet and, you know, maybe they they get a chance to, you know, hear about some, some of the dogs and some of the stuff they've done and get some uh introspective uh into some of the people that maybe they have a a, a prejudgment about or, or maybe they think they know somebody because they they show up at a hunt, you know? So it's, I think it's good. It lets people get a background on people and, and, you know, hear some, hear more from a person other than argument in the woods. I've heard a lot of, I've had a lot of feedback from people that said, you know what? I'm glad you done the podcast because I had a preconceived notion about this person. And after listening to them talk, I see their side of the story. So, you know, I think that, I think that's good, you know, cause it gives people, um, and like I said, I have not, I hope I don't have a bad relationship with anybody in, in the, in the squirrel dog world. There's people that I compete with. Um, but most of the time I'm just, if I'm giving anybody a hard time, I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm just doing it to, to keep, you know, to keep it fun and to keep everybody uh, competing. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with healthy competition. So oh, for I sure. just, uh, you know, I don't, uh, but I don't, I don't dislike anybody or, or, um, you know, I want everybody to, because there's a, there's a small circle of us, and especially in the squirrel dog world, more you know, there's a lot of coon hunters out there, but um, we all know each other. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, but but nobody's who they are. You know, like I told you when we were talking before this, you know, um, you, you're you're who you are right now. You know, you're not who you were, you know, a day ago or a year ago. So. Um, you know, somebody is judging you off that. They they might need to get to know the new you. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, well, especially like Joey Poston's, uh, Joey Poston on here, where he he said he told some guy that he's got friends in Tennessee. <laughs> That's right. And now yeah, he, he told he, he told he told Richie changing. we don't need to make friends nowhere but Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. you're there to win. You know, um, and he changed his whole outlook on it. You know. That's true. There's a lot of squirrel hunters, but there's not that many competition squirrel hunters. And I think that the competition side gets a bad rap because the you know, it's publicized when there is an argument. They don't see that's, the fifty five good casts that there's not a right. problem. And and that's you know, I, I um you know, it's all you have to do. It's easier to say this. And sometimes you got to stand up for yourself because a judge might get influenced by somebody. But all you have to do is worry about your dog. If there's something that happens, ask the judge to, you know, maybe the judge don't. A lot of times 
this is bad, but a lot of times the judges don't know all the rules. Um, so, you know, if you got to remind the judge of a rule or ask for a call, but all you got to do is question, hand them your money and, and go on. You know, you don't have to, it doesn't, you know, uh, asking a question doesn't have to be a fight. You just, Hey, I'd like to question that call and just hit, you know what I mean? You don't have to start jumping up and yelling and screaming and everything else. It just don't, um, I was really bad about that. Uh, my, my first year of hunting and it didn't make me win no more. You know what I mean? It yep. didn't, I didn't, I didn't win no more. And so, um, you're better off just knowing your rules. And I say the biggest thing that fights come from is people who don't know the rules. And then someone tries to enforce the rule and they're, they're a bad guy. You know what I mean? So like example real quick, and then I know you gotta get off here, but like NSD has a rule. If you have uh let's say you're hunting with a dog tree system, right? And you have a dog tree and you have a spectator and they have a smartphone. Well, you're a scratch. That's a scratchable offense because they have a phone capable of tracking your dog. Now it's right there in the rules. It's black and white. If we're on a hunt on a cast and I'm losing that cast and you're beating me and I got back and it's time to sign, you know, before the hunt's over and I'm like, Hey Cody. And I, as I, and I asked your spectator, Hey, you got a phone? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, Hey Cody, you're scratched. Well, you're going to be mad at me. You're going to tell everybody, well, how sorry I am and everything else. But that rule of that rule is just the same as getting minus for, for leaving a tree or, or getting plus for having a squirrel. It's a rule, you know, and they're all in there. And the problem is, is that if you want to use one of them rules, people want to get their feelings hurt. You know, they want to make you out to be a bad guy when all, and it's just because maybe they didn't know a rule, you know, they didn't, they weren't aware of what the rules were. Yeah. And so, and so like NSC made a rule that they changed the rule this year, where if you, um, if you correct your dog, it's, it's a minus, you know, it's not a warning anymore. So if you're, if you've got your dog tied up and you're searching a tree and they are there and they start hollering at their dog, shut up and go to, you know, hit it with a leash. Well, that's a minus, you know, but you minus them for that. And they're going to go sideways. They're going to be all upset. They're like, well, I was just correcting my dog. Well, that's a rule. You know, there's, there's the rules in place. And so if you want to use the rules to your benefit and you want to use the rules and make everybody follow them, you can't just pick and choose which ones they are. And I think that's where a lot of the fights come from is people aren't aware of, of, you know, all of the rules. And then when you use one to win, you know, you're all of a sudden a bad guy because you took time to read and be prepared, you know? Well, so, the rules are free. You that's know, right. It, it don't, they don't cost anything to get the rules. That's right. And if you draw me, I promise you, I know the rules and I'm going to use every one of them. I can to win my cast because I owe that to my dog because he can only, all he can do is his job. And I, I got to do mine. And, you know, and my job is not just to call him when he trees, it's to give him every advantage I can by using the rules of the hunt of the organization we're hunting in, you know? So, you know, and then if someone gets upset about it. Well, they should have read the rules before the hunt started, you know? I agree. It is a team sport. Yeah. And, uh, and I love, like I said, I, I don't, uh, you know, everyone has the dogs they like and don't like. I, I like all mine or I wouldn't have them. Um, but you know, they all have, none of them are perfect. None of them are great. Um, they're just dogs. Um, and you know, they're, yeah, they might go down some of them as, I mean, I think Sambo will go down as probably in most people's mind, the best crossbred dog that's ever treated coon right now. Um, there may be a hope when his pups come out and better than him, you know, um, and, uh, you know, I don't know if another dog will win as much as Rocky's won consistently over five, you know, five, six years of time. But, um, 
I promise you that everybody wishes I quit hunting him and bring him to a hunt, you know, so they'll be <laughs> glad when he's not there. Yeah. Anymore. Oh, so, for sure. You know, so I like, uh, because I'm happy to have the ones I have and, and I hope we bought a new one, you know, me and I bought one from Adam McGuire, um, for Scott and she came in heat, you know, the day we got her home, but, uh, we plan on showing up at the truck hunt with a new doll and, uh, I'm planning on hopefully winning a truck, you know, sitting out here in my, in my driveway already. I'd like for it to come back there, you know, but no, if, if we won, I'd let Scott, I mean, I, they know I just let him have the truck, you know, but I'd love to see Scott win it cause he needs a new truck and, uh, Robbie's hunting for a truck this weekend and I'd love to see him win it too, you know, but, yeah. uh, but you, but USDC is getting a nice truck this year, man. Normally we get a, like a base model Toyota extended cab and I've been getting those for like 27, five. Um, and we spent like 38,000, almost $39,000 on the truck this year because this is the only truck we could get. So USDC, like Jeff, we lost, there's only 36 entries, you know, at a thousand dollars. So we lost, Jeff personally lost money to do this truck hunt. Um, but it's something that's important to him and his dad, um, before he passed away. And so, um, we bought, uh, I mean, there's somebody's going to win basically a $40,000 truck, um, for a thousand dollar entry. So it's, uh, you know, USDC stepped up there. Um, and, and not, I had, let me say that real quick Cody, before we get off, because this is like always, uh, you hear people talking, um, we need all the organizations. We need OMCBA to keep the mountain curve breed alive. We need the UMC and the, and the world tree dog for the guys who can't compete at the higher levels that need, um, you know, that need a place where they can go have fun at and win. We need the FICE organizations and then NSD is a is a jimmy does a phenomenal job it's i would say that it's the best ran organization and i'm on the board of usdc but nsd is is well ran with clear rules and uh no gray areas and nsd provides a, a resource for people who who want to go compete but maybe don't have you know the who don't have the money or don't want who don't care about the money they just want to compete against dogs um but also for for kids getting into hunting you cannot take a young dog at $500 in entry fee and get it, get it exposed to competition hunting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you can't do that. Uh, and, and, and so NSD serves as a great place to, um, get young dogs ready. Um, it obviously it's a good platform for people who want to be competitive and run the state races. Um, and, and, and they had a great breeding program and then USDC, uh, I look at it as uh, where you're going to have, you know, you're going to have your most expensive dogs and, and what should be your top of the, your top of the competition world dogs. And it gives people a chance to compete, um, for a lot of money. The downside is the entries, um, you know, with, with limited entries and, and, and kind of like, you know, they get sold out fast to a lot of the same people. Um, you, you, you're, um, you know, you don't, everyone's not getting a, a shot all the time. But it just that's just like PKC. It's just part of it. You know, you have limited entries. You call and get you a spot, and it's just part of it. You know, so um, all these organizations, we need them all. And uh, people talking bad about one or the other, it doesn't do anything to help our sport. Yeah, so, we, we do need to stick together because, yeah, I mean, bickering amongst ourselves isn't gonna. You no, know, I mean, I got I got even people in my friend group that you know, criticize one or the other. And I'm like, guys, it don't, we need them all, you know, we need them all. And, and there's only so many hunts you can go to. You're not going to be NSD dog of the year and USDC dog of the year. It's not going to happen. You know, there's too many, um, it's hard to chase a state race and hunt, you know, hunt and every, so, 
So you just kind of decide like what you want to do for the year, make your goals for your team, or if you're an individual and just stick to your goal and, you know, work your plan, you know, have your hunts planned out and, you know, work your plan and, and judge your success off what you decide, not what everybody on the internet tells you is a successful dog, you know? Yeah. So, I agree. Anyway, man, well, I don't want to keep you any longer. Uh, I appreciate you taking time to, to do the call and, and asking me, I mean, it's an honor that you guys asked me to do this and, and I, like I said, I, I really appreciate it. And I know we really just talked a lot about my dogs, but well, hopefully I mean, that's uh, what we're somebody gets something out of it. Yeah, that, that's that's one thing about it is is like I said, it, it it's 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 out there, but it's really not. It's it's not documented. So that's right. You know, I, I went through and and found a bunch of your dogs, but I didn't know much about them. I just saw where they won here and there. You know, I, yeah. I didn't have a background. This gave me a background. So, well, you know, anybody can learn from me. It's a failure provides perspective and motivates. So if you want to, you want to just fail a lot like I did, and then maybe you can, uh, <laughs> maybe one day you start winning. So I'm, so I'm, I'm well, just now getting to the, well, you climbed the, the mountain. Part. So, uh, no, nah, man, I just, uh, you put your, put God first. And like, a guy I like to listen to says, we all perform for an artist of one and that's God or for an audience of one, you know, and that's God. And, and um, if you put God first and your family first and you want to, a man's job is, uh, they say that man don't have a biological clock. We have a financial clock and a man's job is to provide for his family. And so if a man takes that and looks at it as, um, as an obligational duty, you know, and you realize that God gave you gifts and talents that you can use, um, you know, and, and, and you look at, you, you approach success as an obligational duty um you'll do well and and you know you'll have money to just waste on dogs because um like me and you talked before this podcast started you know i didn't uh there wasn't no there wasn't no extra blessings in life you know it's just hard work and and uh hard work and 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 push for opportunities and that's that's all a man can do yep that's all we can do and 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 put one foot in front of the other that's right man we are all all dirt below, below one person so I and, agree. Uh, but anyway, but hey man, well thank you so much. And if you if you uh, if anything comes up, if you got a question about anything or, or you know if I can help you in any way, um you got my number, man. I look forward to talking to you about the other stuff we talked about earlier. Yes, sir. I really appreciate you coming on and I look forward to getting this out here in a week or two. All right, brother. Well you take care, man. Thank you, you too. All right, bye-bye. Bye. All right, guys. That was Mr. Caleb Wilson. We appreciate him coming on. He's a busy man. He runs a great team over there. They've got some really nice dogs that seem to be in the winter circle a lot. I look forward to seeing if they can win these truck hunts and and just see how their year ends. It was pretty cool to hear some of the background about the dogs that you see on the internet all the time. Also reach out to our sponsors, Bob Osborne at Timber Creek Dog Supply, Precision Aluminum Fabrications, and Jeff Island. We appreciate them for sponsoring the podcast and supporting the hunting dog community. Check us out on Facebook, the hunting dog public. Also leave us a like and a comment. Check us out on YouTube, Outdoors in Moreland. And as always, enjoy the great outdoors.